Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to episode 33 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm really good. How are you? Not bad at all, thanks, man. How was Christmas? How was New Year? Yeah, it was really good. Really peaceful. Enjoyed it. Fan. Good, good, good. Did you get any cool toys? Uh, no, I didn't, actually, but I did treat myself in the run-up to Christmas. Ah, yes, and I'm hoping you're going to fill us in on that when we talk about hobby in a bit. Yeah, I hope so, too. Ah, wonderful. Right, could you talk to us about what we're talking about on episode 33? Yep, we're going to have a sneak preview of Beachhead Bowl. Um, some highlights from 2019 and the usual games, hobby and star players. Fantastic. Right, let's get cracking. So first things first is Blood Bowl news. Now, last episode, it was Christmas and there wasn't an awful lot going on. We've got quite a lot to go through today. Have you seen this, Ben? Yeah, there's a lot a lot's happening. I think people got a lot to spend their Christmas money on. <laughs> lots, of, Yeah, and lots of things to look forward to as well. Uh, right, let's hit the top of the list. So this is not miniatures news, but it is very Blood Bowl related news. Um, most of you out there will know what the NAF is. And the NAF is a worldwide players association for Blood Bowl. Um, not run by Games Workshop, it's run independently. And it provides resources and um, helps run tournaments and maintains basically player stats. Uh, so that when you go to a tournament, you log your winnings and things. And it's, it's really clever way to hold Blood Bowl together um, and they have got the presidential elections going on at the moment and I am running so I've uh, by the time this episode comes out you've probably seen my intro video or heard it or seen it and avoided it you know which is absolutely fine um, but basically I would like to run for president of the NAF because I think although they do a lot of good things and they have done a lot of good things and I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide the fact that the current president and Nate Beam has done a pretty good job. Yeah. I am just a huge fan of organising, streamlining, and just making things as accessible for new players as possible. So I really want to really want to help and grow the NAF because Blood Bowl, two, uh, Blood Bowl 16 has been a huge influx of players and everyone's like, where do we start? And I... Yeah. That's, you know, that's my wheelhouse. That's the kind of thing I like doing is making things organised so that people can find what they need and hopefully we can help grow the community. I agree. I think... I think you definitely the best candidate for it. Not that I'm biased or anything. But <laughs> yeah, um, with with the amount of organisation you put in, without blowing smoke, it, I think you'd be really suited for the job. No, thanks. But I will say that all the three people that are currently going for it are all really good. Um, but now I will say the other two are really good for the Blood Bowl community. And obviously, we here at the podcast try and do our bit as well. So, uh, yeah. So, have a look. Um, it'll be all over all of our social media. Um, as well as actually on the NAF. So if you are a NAF member, please do pay attention to the presidential elections because they will make quite a difference to uh, what happens with the NAF the next couple of years. Yeah. So that's the boring bit done. Let's look at cool new toys. Okay. Ben, what's first on the list? Uh, we have pre-orders for the Windsor Chog Giant. Oh my goodness, yes. The Giant is up for pre-order. So we've spoiled this a couple of times, I think, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I think we, we've definitely spoken about it. Yeah, um, huge model from the looks of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he showed pictures holding it, and it's massive. It looks definitely comparable to sort of Games Workshop Giant. The Ale Guzzler, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit smaller, but then the Ale Guzzler Giant's £40. So yeah. th- and this is only 30 
you get the Windsor Chog quality on it as well. You do. The casting quality of the Windsor Chog stuff has been fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. But, well, the thing is, um, a lot of people have said, oh, £30, that's quite a lot. But if you think about how much the star players are from Forge World, they're £20. Yeah. No, I think it, it's funny how, how sort of we gauge things in terms of pricing because we think £30 for a model, oh, that is quite a lot. And like you say, but then other things, and same with like third-party teams and things like that, like... It's just funny how we look at different things because 30 for a big model is very reasonable. Well, that's it. And that's it. I've seen um, seen some feedback on some of the, the Blood Bowl groups um, where we're like, oh, £30, you know, that's quite a lot. And then there will always be someone that will point out that that's one and a half uh, Griff Oberwalds. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. For, 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 for less than the price of two individual man-sized star players from Games Workshop... You get a whole blooming giant. Dare I say it, a nicer resin. Well, actually, you know what? It's it's definitely on par. Yeah. Um, definitely on par. So yes, the Windsor Chog Giant, the pre-order is up and now. And thanks to Windsor Chog, ours is in the post already. So when that arrives, we can do an unboxing. And hopefully we can show you guys just how good the model is. Um, and how big it is so it can advise you on whether it should be the next Windsor Chog model you pick up. You looking forward to painting it? Oh, I can't wait. Man. It's, I mean, I've, I've got so much so much other stuff to paint, but I yeah. think that one's going to jump straight to the top of the queue. Um, well, I say that. I'm currently painting my Hangover Bowl team uh, as we record, so maybe not the entire top of the queue, but you know, once this team's done, then I think we're good to go. Oh, didn't so, I yeah, tell what, you we're adding Giants into Hangover Bowl now? So well, I am, on, I, am, I am on board with this. Yeah. Uh, come on, contrast paints. Yeah, well... <laughs> What do you think to the giant model? Uh, I think it's perfect. I honestly, you, you know, you look at it and you think it's, I, there, I cannot fault with a single thing on it. Just nothing. It looks perfect for Blood Bowl. It looks really cleanly done. Looks like it fits together easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's done a good job of the individual pieces. He spoiled that as well, which is which is really cool. So I cannot wait to get my hands on this. And as soon as we do, we'll put loads of stuff up on um all our social media outlets so the Blood Bowl community for Facebook our Twitter and our Instagram um, and uh, we'll get that out so you guys can have a look and um, you know never know take the dive because £30 is not bad for a good little hobby project yeah I think I'm going to get one on payday I think I think I think so unless Games Workshop surprises us with yeah. anything else so next on the list uh, we've got the old school Dwarfs Kickstarter um, so have you have you had a look have you had a chance to have a good look at these yeah, I have had a look, but they're interesting. I, I like them. There's, there's definitely a charm to them. So this is on Kickstarter at the moment. It's Chaos Dwarf Old School Design Resized Old But Gold Reboot. So it's a resin fantasy football team uh, with staff inspired by the second edition design. So they do have that retro look of Chaos Dwarves. So not the hats. We're talking pre-hats here. Yeah, the masks. Um, yeah, this is yeah the gold masks. Uh, so, what do we got for this team? Well, they've hit their target already. It's only three days to go. So, this episode is going live on the uh, January the 11th, um, and the Kickstarter ends on Sunday the 12th. So, in okay. classic bonehead um, history, if you want to have a look at the Kickstarter, get on it quick because it closes tomorrow. Yeah, it's it, it's worth noting. It's a pretty reasonable price. It's 50 quid for the full team. Um, yeah, so what does the team involve? So uh, 60, pounds, 60 euros or more, so 51 pounds. Old collector, you receive 14 miniatures, a blunderbuss star player, four staff miniatures, two bull warriors, a hobgoblin. 
Oh, okay. So you don't get the dwarves with that. Ah, here we go. The full oh, team. Oh, here we go. Yes. Yeah. The full team is 69 euros, so 59 pounds. You get six Chaos Dwarves, two Bull Warriors, one Minotaur, seven Hobgoblins. You so go. you don't get the staff with that one, but you do get a full 16-person Chaos Dwarf team. Yeah. No, that's good. Let's talk a bit about the design. So they look quite small for Dwarves, but they do look very much like the second edition Chaos Dwarves. Yes. They've got uh, creepy, almost the, the kind of samurai masks. Yeah, yeah. No, it does look like that. So like a halfway house between golden samurai masks and the the old um, kind of just medieval knight stuff. So kind of the yeah. round armors and things. Uh, the Chaos Dwarves, the poses are pretty cool. They're not amazing. They're quite basic, I think. They, they've got the early edition vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very fair way of saying it. Uh, the Bull Warriors are cool, though. I, I think the Hobgoblins have really good poses, to be uh, honest. like they, There's a couple of them looking punching. There's like a kicking one. I think it's pretty good. So I like the overall aesthetic of this team. Um, oh, the Minotaur is quite cool, too. It is, um, I would say, a bit cartoony. Yeah, very. Yeah. But but yes, it does fit the, the second edition style, um, where everything is a bit rounder, a bit fuller than it than it is, and I think it's very different. And you can tell that this lot is hand sculpted rather than the digital sculpting that we've had recently. Yes. Yeah, you can tell. Um, which is absolutely fine. And you know, for fifty one or you know, for sixty pounds, should we say, you will get a cool Chaos Dwarf team. Um, and if you like the second edition vibe and don't have the three hundred pounds or whatever it would be to to put it together, yeah. um, then it, it it's definitely worth having a look at. And they've got some scale comparisons. So one of the Chaos Dwarf players is about the same size, if not a little bit larger, than the current Games Workshop dwarfs. Yeah, I think the size is really good. They they yeah they look small in the pictures, but when they're compared side by side, it's uh, just right. I think one thing for me is that the hobgoblins are quite big. Yeah, a bit bigger than so, humans. Yeah. So the the theme with this team is that everyone has a massive head. So the heads are about twice the size of the Games Workshop models, um, and the hobgoblin is actually with the giant head, taller than a than a blitzer. Is that a blitzer? That is a blitzer. Yeah. yeah. So you've got cool old school vibes. The models are of an appropriate size for Blood Bowl 2016. I think that's that's probably the best way to say it. They're big enough so that they won't feel tiny like the actual second edition models would be, and they're cheaper as well. So if you like your old school retro things, it's definitely worth having a look. The style may not be to your taste because I think it is an acquired taste, this one, but it's done well. They've done it well, and it's smashed its target, and I'm glad to see that that'll be funded because I would love to pl come across this team in a tournament sometime yeah me too and that is so that funds because it's 200 percent over its funding limit now and it is going to be when's the arrival time for this one is there, is there an estimated arrival time march march 2020 wow that is soon i think it's because these models are already made and they're just oh, okay. sort of getting the funding to make them um, again, so yeah, that's cool. So check that out. That is Chaos Dwarf Old School Design Resized Old But Gold Reboot on Kickstarter. Um, yeah, a shorter title may have been you know, useful for us podcasters, <laughs> but I suppose it doesn't really matter if you're getting some cool models. Yeah. Okie dokie. Right, next up on the goodies list is... Oh, this is just a sneak preview from Hungry Troll. So Hungry Troll 
uh, do provide Blood Bowl miniatures. They do very nice miniatures. They're kind of... Um, their range is really growing at the moment. I think they're the guys that are doing that squig team at the moment. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, that's quite cool. I think we talked about it a few episodes ago. Um, loads of squigs. There's nothing more to add. It's just an entire team of squigs doing silly things, including a Pikachu squig, which was very cool. Oh, no, I have seen that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go. Yeah. You remember the Pikachu squig. Of course. So they have spoiled a new Hungry Troll Norse giant release, eight centimetres of pure techno Viking, which is... Awesome. So I don't know if if everyone out there knows, but there is this, I don't know, this YouTube video from maybe four or five hundred years ago, back when things were, you know, recorded. The glory days. Yeah. And there is this one massive guy who makes, he looks like a Viking version of Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. And he's going down the street and he is just absolutely busting out some moves to techno music at some kind of German street rave. Yeah, I do and, vividly remember this video. <laughs> yeah, and this this Norse giant is the spitting image of this guy from the video. It's fantastic. But then it's, still with the Blood Bowl vibe of the uh, bare chest and armour chained on. Well, the great thing is that the guy in the video, I think, actually had the bare chest and the chains. Like, I think oh, he might he? be... Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I'm I remembering think, differently. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, with your, your corn... Um, yeah. Not gonna, not, you know, uh, appreciation... Uh, I can appreciate some abs on uh, on some models. Yeah, <laughs> I feel it. Yeah, so I like this. I think this is cool. They've gone and looked at the fact that everything is excited for giants at the moment, and they've taken a great classic trope and come up with a really cool model. No release date, no price, or anything like that yet. Uh, but you can trust that Hungry Troll will do a good job of it when it does come out. And um, yeah, unfortunately, Windsor Chog, I think, have beaten them to the point and done a very good job with the giant. And I think if they hadn't already got that model ready to go, I'd be tempted to get this one. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, this one is really suited for a Norse team, but the Hungry Troll one is suited for any team. So, uh, you, yeah, the, I think you struggle to fit this one into, like, actually, I was going to say, like, an Orc team, but I think he would fit in an Orc team. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. it's a giant, because giants go with everyone. Yeah, Until they start producing uh, team-specific giants, but, you know. Our listeners have already got a head start on that. Yes. After last episode. Uh, Groovy. So, yes, that's the Hungry Troll Norse Giant. That was on their Facebook feed. So if you want to have a quick look at the picture, um, have a look on there. I haven't been able to link it because it's on their Facebook. But, yeah, give it a look. Uh, Next, we've got a little bit of an update from Charlie Victor. So Charlie Victor produced Blood Bowl Bling. So um, tokens, uh, they're they're pretty famous for doing some, some brilliant metal ball tokens. And they have got a Indiegogo coming soon. Uh, I did put in the show notes when it goes live, Tuesday the 21st. Mm-hmm. So you actually have time to look at this before it even goes live for once. Uh, da, 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 da. If you click the link in our show notes, it will take you through and it will show you some of the tokens and things that they're working on producing. So there's no guideline that I can see for price yet. But we, it's 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 human tokens, so all eagle themed. So, Rich, if you're out there listening, this is for you, man. I was thinking just that. You know, you see the American football wearing raven. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, so Richard Sackley, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is. is really cool. Um, Charlie Victor have made some really lovely products before, um, so there's probably quite a few of you out there listening. They're like, oh yeah, I remember when they did this last release. Um, so definitely worth looking at and um, they've been doing a really good job of 
putting little posts, like little updates of what's coming as stretch goals and things like that. So it should be a really big Indiegogo when it goes live uh, with lots of extras and lots of things to, to kind of pick up. And let's face it, everyone loves a bit of blah, blah, bling. Yeah. And they, they, think, they come in such a nice little velvet case as well. Like They make good gifts, I think. They make great gifts and yeah. probably prizes for tournaments and things. Oh, that is a good idea. So it might have to have a chat and see if we can get some for uh, Bonehead Bowl in May. Um, but it depends on their release dates, I suppose. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's quite a good quite a good little thing there. So that is, uh, da, 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 that is Fantasy Football Team Tokens Humans from Charlie Victor on Indiegogo in the show notes. Give it a click, have a quick look, and follow them on their social media, and you'll be able to see uh, the, the bits and bobs they're working on before it even goes live. Brilliant. Next up, we've got some Vortice Miniatures teams. So I'm not sure if these are brand new or whether they're just coming on sale, but I've not had a chance to look at them before. Um, so there is a Undead team and a Necromantic team. Have you had a chance to look at these, Ben? Yeah, and they are pretty nice, I will say. I mean, very nice. Some okay, of these so models really stand out. Uh, which team are you looking at first, the Undead or the Necromantic? Oh, I'm looking at Necromantic at the moment. Okay. Um, so Necro are kind of on the up and coming at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. The yeah. team feels really popular, and Games Workshop does not have a team out for it. You've got Undead, so you can proxy the Golems, and you can, you've can you got the Ghouls, you've got the Zombies, no problem at all. But we're missing Flesh Golems, really, and we're missing Werewolves from Games Workshop. Yeah, So yeah. from GW. D- yeah, so decent necromantic alternatives are really popular, and um, they have done a great job with these sculpts. They're wonderful, aren't they? Yeah, there's like a wolf who's sort of supported by just with one arm, so he's kind of like running on all fours, but just one arm makes contact with the base, and it just looks and, really dynamic, and I love it. And he's got the ball in his other hand, yeah, um, and that there's a white model. Have you seen the white, the skeleton champion? Oh, yeah, he's he's fantastic. Looks like a classic skeleton champion. Skulls everywhere. Really cool pose. Really cool armor. They're well painted um, as well. Yeah, they are. These these are really good presentation models. I'm impressed with this. And these two things at the front, they look like flesh golems. Yeah, they're sort of the Frankenstein looking fella. Yeah, the Frankenstein it looks like quite a big model, which is pretty cool. Oh, is he been, oh, is he the star player? So they've got like, I think they've called them ghouls. Are they the flesh golems? For, or are they actually ghouls? Ah, oh, yes. So... One of those guys is a ghoul, the one with the funny face mask thing. And there's one Frank model and a... Oh, there's a Frankie model B. Yes. Yeah, so there's two. So uh, the cool thing is that on their page, you can buy these models individually. So that white that I really like the look of and the werewolves are $11 each. So 11 US dollars. So what's that in English money? I think it's probably about eight quid. Yeah, yeah. I think £8 for a cool individual model is a pretty good price point these days. It is very good. Very good. I mean, yes, it's not £20 for 12 great models. Um, You know, the plastic kits are really spoiling us when you think about price for price. But actually, as a hobby project or just to pick up a couple of positionals, you know, you can can pick. And the cool thing about... The cool thing about Blood Bowl is that if you want to pick up one good positional model from a a third-party team, you can run them as your star player. Yeah, absolutely. So you know out. you, yeah you can pick up one of these werewolves and that's your Wilhelm Cheney. You can pick up the white and he can be the Gralbloshuka. I can't remember what the name is of the white star player. But you know there's there's some cool there's some cool models here, and 
I think the price point of 55 euros for a team um, although it looks like yeah 55 euros for a team is pretty great value yeah extremely so yeah 55 euros for 12 guys including all your positionals and, and they're all individual all unique yeah all unique poses the undead one um, again you've got the whites in there you've got the zombies the zombies are very characterful as are the skeletons man yeah. Oh, those those the skeletons on the undead team, they, they really look like some of the first edition Blood Bowl ones. With the poses and the armour. Oh, I really, really like that. Yeah, they're really uh, full of character. Uh, the mummies are cool too. Oh, it's, it's gonna be really tempting not to pick up just a few of these to just just top up your team. I think those mummies are some of the better ones I've seen actually. They so are actually they're full of wrapping and stuff like that. So and they're um, in reasonable mummy poses instead of running yes. at a great speed of movement three with as one, which is, uh, yep. you know, and on one foot, which I know a lot of people are like, why is everybody on one foot all of the time? And uh, it's because Games Workshop uh, wants you to buy extra glue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a far-fetched conspiracy theory. I'm pretty sure that one's just fact. Yeah. So, yes, that is Vortis Miniatures. Definitely have a look. Again, links in the show notes. Have a look at some of their models. They do some cool stuff. Um, I haven't had a chance to have a proper poke around at what they've done or what they've got on sale, but I'm I'm excited. And okay, so we've already talked about Forge World. Their individual models being twenty pounds a piece when you can get a giant from somewhere else for for thirty. Um, we've got Glorial Gloriel Glorial Summer Bloom, the Wood Elf Star Player. Um, came out in the last week or so. It might just be on pre-order at the moment, but it'll be out for general release by the time this episode comes out, I've no doubt. And, um, yeah, it's a beautifully sculpted model. Okay, I, so. I'm a really big fan of this one. It's probably my favourite sculpt from Forge World for Blood Bowl. Yeah, so it's, it's beautifully sculpted, and the model itself is beautifully painted, which we've not seen the best paint jobs from Forge World, but this is a really good paint job. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, again... Glorial Summer Bloom is a female wood elf. Um, she's on one leg. Looks like she's kind of about to throw the ball. Looks at very, very dynamic pose. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's clever how they've done like the hair because it kind of follows her body. And and yeah, no, it's, it's different, I think, to other ones we've seen because they don't... I think because of the hair, actually. It just, <laughs> just adds so much to it. Oh, it's really tough. The hair is... The, mo- right, the motion, really good. But the yeah. hair is just so massive. It just looks a little bit odd to me. I do quite like it, though. It's it's the over-the-top that Warhammer is. It's so impractical. She'd trip over it in a, in a second. But she's she, There's more hair than there is elf. Yes. Yeah, there is. It's very Rapunzel-esque. Um, but you know what? I picked up uh, Roxana. Actually, that's not true. The guys from Wobble got me Roxana as a gift for being the commissioner, which is cool. And um, it's a that these models are great painting projects and this is more dynamic and probably better proportioned as well. Do you prefer um, this to Roxana? Um, not stats wise. Roxana is a beast. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. As a, as a model, this one is very wood elf and Roxana is very dark elf, which just makes me extra excited for when the high elves come out. Is this character, uh, this player unique to wood elves? Yeah, Wood Elf only, and Wood she's only. strength strength two, and uh, got some other rules. Can't remember. Bit of a thrower. Um, okay. It's cool to see different different bits of kit for a Wood Elf team, um, but ultimately you're going to go for the two war dancers before anything else. But in a league, when your war dancers die, 
because everyone hates war dancers um you might have some extra gold to take glorious summer bloom and then there's a great model out there for when you do that yeah or if you just wanted another model that's like another catcher or something like that doesn't have to be the star player i guess if you just wanted that it. is a, that's a really good that's a really great point actually yeah wood elf teams that run three catches yeah this one would fit in for that really well um at uh, more than the price of an entire team <laughs> yeah well you know hobby that's hobby. the thing that's the thing you pick up a team for 20 pounds and then actually you can spend a little bit extra every now and again and just buy something cool so whether it's bling from charlie victor a cool star player or something from windsor chog or one of the forge world models you it's not you can do it over time without breaking the bank and you can end up with a really cool collection for a really cool board game and exactly I, really, I like that i like that a lot it's very tempting it's very dangerous as well it's a collection it is a collection we're all collectors and war gamers it's it's awesome uh right that is it for toys news so when i say toys that's miniatures and bling and things like that got a couple of shout outs to go through and then some tournaments so quick shout outs to jared and charlie who have uh, supported the show by uh, joining our patreon so thank you very much for supporting us and, and joining on board with that um i'm pretty sure you're both going to get some of our dice in the post soon which would be very very cool definitely you'll like them spectacular very lovely Talk- dice well well these the dice i spawned to you today are for beachhead Ooh, okay yeah so well. we've got uh, we've got all the beachhead dice arrived today ready so i'll put a post up over the weekend of those they're similar to the wobble dice that we did but they're a nice uh, brown and red just it, it's it's i'm really pleased with these i'm gonna get my brother to do some cool photo shots because he loves a bit of photography yeah come to beachhead get a pair well, that's it uh, we've only got i think nine or ten tickets left now for beachhead brilliant yeah which is which is cool i know there's a few guys who haven't got their tickets yet so beachhead is the next tournament that we're going to talk about anyway so we're going to talk about it in depth in the next segment well the segment after that where we talk about the beachhead preview but uh beachhead bowl 8th of february at the bournemouth international center it's taking place on the same day as the beachhead 2020 convention and your ticket price which is 15 or 20 pounds depending on how quickly you buy your ticket um gets you entry to the convention with the day as well so you come in before the show opens you register and then you can go have a mooch around before the doors even open for the general public and then throughout the course of the day you play a three-round blood bowl tournament with a nice break in the middle for you to go and do some shopping i think i said on the last episode if i didn't probably going to leave my wallet at home it'd be dangerous (laughs) it might be safe and they keep adding uh traders to the list as well Well, so yeah you should be able to buy as much loot as you want to that day risky, risky. Yeah. <laughs> i'm hoping i'm going to be too busy running the tournament um but uh, but yeah so we'll talk about the the rules pack and the builds and things like that uh, later in the show but it's going to be a really good day we've got some cool prizes some very cool trophies and some cool dice that all entries will get which is uh, which is which is something i'm very excited for uh, next tournament on my list to talk about is mana bowl stunty cup three which is on the 22nd of february in birmingham so have you heard about mana bowl stunty cup before ben yeah i think did you and rich go last year uh yeah yeah we did i think we've been to both of them now it's um it's run by sean stevenson yep. who is uh running against me for naf presidency which is fine because sean's a great guy so if yeah. i lose to him uh, if I, the way i see it if i lose to sean you know what brilliant guy runs great tournaments and is really great for the bubble community happy with that and if i run to the current rank uh, the current naf president you know what i'm very happy with that as well yeah um but this is a stunty league tournament 
So it's stunty league teams only and your regular stunty teams. And so that's just squig herder teams, chaos halflings. Um, it's, it's absolute nonsense. It's carnage on the day. Everybody's strength one, strength two. Uh, it creates a, a very interesting meta. And um, most of the time it's kind of spent saying, right, he's got what skill and how does that work? And your squig has bloodlust and really stupid, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is brutal. So I'm going to be taking chaos halflings. Um, Tiff's working for the day, so I get to go up and play. So really, really excited for that. If you can make it, come along. Bring a regular stunty team if you haven't got one from Fumble. Um, or just you know drop me a message because I've got a couple of teams spare that I can bring along. And uh, yeah. I may just, take you up just, on that if I can go because it's a little hey. bit too soon after Beachhead to paint up a new team. But absolutely. But uh, yeah, I've got, I've got the, I've got the Squig team free. I've got the Chaos Halfling team, and uh, I've definitely got the makings of a of an Albion team. So danger, Ooh, danger, danger, nice. danger. Yeah, cool. And then the next tournament in the SWTC is taking place on the first and second of February, which is the Welsh Blood Bowl Championship. So I'll. Uh, make sure the SWTC video for that tournament stuff over the weekend as well so you can give that a watch see what the format's going to be like find out a bit more about the two-day event and um, if you're in the local area and you fancy two days of raw blood bowl it will be worth going along to because it's I think it's Wales's longest running and biggest event for blood bowl so I know a lot of the SWTC regulars the Southwest Tournament Championship regulars will be attending that to get their full points for the uh, the, the tournament series yeah, very nice. Uh, groovy. That is it for Blood Bowl news. I did say we had quite a lot to go through. I'm mm. impressed. Um, it's only the 9th of January. We only recorded a couple of weeks ago, and it's been Christmas and everything's been closed. But actually, we've got a lot of cool news on the go. Yeah, everyone's been saving it up because it wasn't much over Christmas, and it's all come out now. Yeah, I'm excited to get my hands on some of it. Right, let's move on to Hobby. So over to hobby, games, things like that. Ben, what have you been up to, man? Um, pretty much just finishing off my Hangover Bowl team and a bit of 40k. So your Hangover Bowl team is incredibly well done, man. Uh, um, thank you. It, it, it's, it, 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 did, it did look quite good on the pictures. <laughs> Up close, you can start to see a little bit where I rushed it, but I'm quite happy with it. So uh, I'm going to have to find a way to share these pictures, if that's all right, in, yeah, in no, the show I'll notes. So much as, are they on your Instagram or anything? Uh, not yet, but I'll upload to Instagram and we can share that. Yeah. Well, if not, I'll put it on the bonehead one. But yeah, no, they're really well done. So you're running a uh, Orc and Nurgle team? Yes, yeah. Uh, right. Which I know we spoke about last episode, I think. Yeah, we did. And you've gone with a rusty, mildewy, Nurgly theme. Yeah, I kind of, you know, it's a, it's a colour that ties Orcs and Nurgle together really green. So there's a lot of green here. Um, and yeah, it's I've, I've sort of gone... I think what do they call it? Is it verdigris? When copper that's goes like copper yeah. oxide, yeah. That's kind of what I've gone with it. I, I tried doing it in Warcry, and that's kind of where I picked up the technique and I decided to do a full Blood Bowl team with it and I'm really happy with the result. Uh, they've come out really well, man. I'm really, really excited to see these teams on the table next week. Yeah, me too. I think everyone's doing a good job. We've had Sam like knock out of the park with his Chaos Wood Elves and Oh, the Chaos Wood Elves are looking great as well. That's going to be a very interesting team. I'm very interested to see what build he'll take because all of yeah. his positionals are very expensive. So I don't know if he's going to be able to fit it all in. So it'll be interesting. Just War Dance from Chaos is not worth thinking about. Well, that's it. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. Um, now, one cool thing I did notice is that uh, Lewis, who's been on the show loads of times, 
um, actually did pop up in the Wobble group chat the other day and ask if anyone needed paints, which means he's painting things. It's cryptic with Lewis. He'll never say how it is, will he? He pops up like a cameo. So for anyone out there who's ever watched Star Trek, there's a character called Q who just turns up once a series. <laughs> and Lewis is basically that guy in our group chat. It'll be nothing, nothing, nothing. And he'll pop and be like, hey, guys, I built this. I painted this. And it's just insane. So He'll always make you laugh as well. I think oh, everything he says is just comedy. The most amazing thing about Lewis is that he was he was introduced uh, to Ian's wife as inappropriate Lewis. And the name <laughs> stuck because he can be very inappropriate. He's got some stories. Brilliant. Um, I'm very scared of him doing any kind of speech at my wedding. Uh, uh, no, that, that's going to happen. We'll make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that's the problem with all of you guys, is I have no doubt that you will make it happen. Um, yeah, so even Lewis has been painting things, so it, it could it'll be really, really, really cool. I'm currently painting mine now. Uh, so far, I've gone brown, and I've got some McCrag blue on the go. But, you know, that's not too bad. So, yeah, so you painted your sevens team beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other any other bits of hobby you've been working on? Yeah, I've been trying to crack on with the corn team for Beachhead. Um, starting to get that, you know, pre-tournament shakes. Uh, will I get this team done? Probably not. Probably running high elves. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see when it gets to about two days before what position I'm in. But yeah, um, I'm hoping to get it done because it'll be quite nice to play my first NAF tournament. My NAF name is Blood Tide. It'll be quite nice to play that a corn Oh, um, that just that just seems very, very, very appropriate. Yeah. So, uh, you going for max casualties or actually trying to win? Uh, I haven't really thought about the build yet, to be honest. Um, oh, disgraceful. Yeah. No, I should probably do that because I don't know how many guys I need to actually paint up. But I know I'm taking <laughs> the bloodthirster. Probably max out you, all you, the demons. You, you got to take the bloodthirster. Yeah. It's just such a cool positional. Um, yeah, and the model. It's the oh, model the model itself is great. Yeah. Where did you get these guys from? Lisa Grebo. The Grebo, I think it's like Alastoran, they call it. I don't know how you pronounce that. But... Oh, it's the, yeah, the, the Grebo corn team. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think they call it the Bloodshed team, yeah. Yeah, you picked up that team and you picked up their Nurgle as well? Yep, got the Nurgle, the Contagion team. Um, they probably make show their face in the league at some point in the future. Man, you've got plenty of things to be painting for a little while then. Yeah, I got this really nice Scale 75 paint for the Nurgle team, actually. It's like a, it's called Peridot Alchemy. Um, Peridot? It's the gemstone. Um, and it's like a sort of green gold metallic, which I had a little play with earlier, and it looks like it'll be really good on a Nurgle team. If they want is to it a, a fancy Nurgle. Is it a colour change, or is it just a solid? No, it's solid. The, it's really weird how the scales anti five metallics work. They're quite matte for metals. Yeah. They're still shiny, but they're super opaque. So they only need like one, one maybe two coats. That's interesting. So you use that, and then you are going to highlight up on it? Yeah, I might put some silver over it or something like that. Uh, you've always got the classic edge highlights and if it's Nurgle then you just washes are your friends anyway yeah shove washes on it maybe put some you know glaze medium whatever it is you know gloss medium over it to make it look shiny and damp well you've knocked it out of the park with uh, with washes and things on the current team so yeah that um, was pretty a lot, a lot of washes on that and that's the cool thing about little mini hobby projects like this is you learn things you learn new skills and new um, you know like oh I've done this now for this team I can build on that for next time I can use this skill I've learned and it's it's cool it's like a JRPG for painting <laughs> yeah no totally agree and especially Zevens I know we we rave about Zevens on the podcast but you know because painting it's is amazing it, it is and it's the hobby aspect of it where you can just there's not many guys to do and but they're enough to look cohesive when they're together and make you feel happy when you look at them so this this mixed team sevens idea of yours is brilliant. So I'm sat here now. I'm painting 
one, two, three, four Dark Elves, and no, three, yeah, four Dark Elves and four Skaven that I've converted. I've converted eight guys. That's my team. But, and I know we were talking about this in either on the Discord or on our, our, our group chat, uh, all you need to do now is just pick up one sprue and you can finish off either of your teams. So we've got this split thing. So I know that Sam, who you mentioned before, was painting up the Wood Elf and Chaos team. Uh, he's got the makings of half of each of those teams now. Yeah, it's a good start. And if he's like, oh, I like Wood Elves, then actually for you know £11 on eBay, he can pick up the second Wood Elf sprue and he's good to go. Yeah, exactly. Or if he wins the tournament. Well, that's know. it, yeah. yeah. Dark Sphere vouchers, he can pick up whatever the heck he likes. Exactly, yeah. Uh, that's cool. So, hobby-wise, I've been working on these, um, and I've been working on the Ogres. So I've got an Ogre 7s team that I'm painting up ready for um, a future series of 7 Super Series, the YouTube show about Blood Bowl 7s. And the, the Ogre models, they're just so good, man. I know we talked about this for literally the entire podcast uh, last episode, but i just got to say... Um, I, I think I'm going to struggle to have just one ogre team. I think I'm going to have to pick up another box of these and do a converted chaos one, and then Ooh. you know I can throw that into a chaos and ogre mixed team, you know perhaps for bonehead bowl or something. Are there any ogre secret teams? Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the ogre secret teams. They're, they're more it's just ogres, but the um, you've got all the positionals from fantasy, so like man eaters and oh, okay. the fire belches and things. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a very expensive way to make a blood bowl team. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where at the moment you just pick up a couple of the games workshop ones and you you know add some spikes and things and you're good to go. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I've been doing a bit of painting on that and I did get a few blood bowl games in. Uh, had a brilliant recording session with Milton who came on and we recorded the first two episodes of the Secret Sevens Challenge, the next Sevens um, Super Series where we were running the Ethereal team from Fumble, the Tree Man team from Fumble, the Chaos Halfling Stunty League team from Fumble, and the Squig team uh, from the Stunty League. And honestly, they were two fantastic games. Like, so, so much fun. Tell me about how the Ethereal team played in Zevens, because I always thought their weakness would be no hands. And when you have less players to take out before you get to the no hands, did that happen? Like, or Without giving too many spoilers, actually. Because... <laughs> I think that is a fair assessment of their vulnerability. Yeah. And I'm not going to say any more than that because I don't want to spoil it because I think that's the first episode that will come out in the next couple of weeks. But uh, but yeah, that is definitely one of their vulnerabilities. They've got some great positionals. And the only other thing I'll say is that uh, they all got foul appearance and do not forget they've got foul appearance. Yeah. Because you will, and that's their biggest defense. Yeah, that hurt me in the tournament. Uh, well, remembering they had foul appearance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, M- Milton and I didn't remember they had foul appearance all that much. Uh, so basically for the first half of the game, um, I was just going to town. And uh, we got to the second half and it was like, oh, I should have been rolling two pluses to, mm. to kill these ghosts. It's a Nurgle team in disguise. It is. And they had some disturbing presence as well. But yeah, very interesting team. But just to see how they play against uh, some of the other very interesting, unusual teams, it's just, it's exploring in Blood Bowl. And yeah, exploring in Blood Bowl Sevens is really low commitment, low time, and you know we got two games in in a couple of hours, uh, well maybe three hours because I like to do the recording stuff as well. But it was cool. It's just I'm absolutely gagging to record the next session, oh, and I need so to good. borrow. Well, I need to get you on actually with your wear team to play an episode. Yeah, love to. Let me know when. Um, and um, 
Also, uh, Milton's just finishing up the Marak team, which is a slightly... It's kind of like a variant Tomb, uh, tomb King, called Kemri mm. team. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see how they play in Sevens. I uh, don't have high expectations because I think Edge 2 can be brutal uh, with Sevens. Yeah, you, there's no no room for error, really. And no. you're wasting turns to pick up the ball. It's, it's... Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how well they do, but... You know, given that most of the teams have got strength two or strength one guys in the meta, strength three regeneration teams should do pretty well, especially at lasting. And in sevens, the attrition game can be really quickly won. Yeah. Yeah, very. Yeah, so, Give a little shout out to Milton, actually, while he, just on the hobby section. He has, I saw the start of his Marak guys with the Thousand Sun heads on the Stormcast. It looks really good. That, yeah, that's the one we're waiting on. He's painted the rest of the team, and the rest of the team looks brilliant. And, um, yeah, the Thousand Suns head on the Stormcast works brilliantly. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised we've not seen that before. Yeah, no, it's it's very nice. I mean, you did yeah, something I mean, similar with your Tomb Guardians, didn't you? Oh, man, yeah. So, the that yeah, the, the Thousand Suns Chaos Space Marines helmets work brilliantly on the Blood Bowl Mummies. Yeah. Literally just a little bit of clipping, and they look so Egyptian. Like, they're great. And, yeah, because I built that for Bonehead Ball last year. I went with a an, a Kemri undead mix so I could take two mummies and four tomb guardians. So and, gross. Oh, man. It was it was great fun. I played against Rich as a, a playtest game, and it was a one-all draw. It was really good. Oh, okay. But let me, let me tell you, six strength five guys, that is a heck of a cage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like there is nothing that I think he had uh, an elf warner, so the strength four, yeah, the strength four um, Norse piece positional, and normally you're like right, the elf warner is a threat there, dangerous, got to watch out for this guy, and he's there staring down four mummy slash tomb guardians, and he's it's like, like a goblin compared to that team. Honestly, yeah, he's like my strength four awesome piece is just just rubbish. Yeah, and I was like yes, and in exactly. Seven turns, I'll have a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, well, you know, tied the game at one all, and nothing else could really happen after that. But yeah, so yeah, there's there, there's a lot of cool blood ball going on out there. Yeah. Uh, um, and as for things you're picking up or coming soon, Ben, I know you've got loads of projects on the go anyway. Yeah, but, uh, I think the pirates are coming soon. I'm not sure when they're oh. being shipped, but I think Rich got his hands on some recently, perhaps. Or yeah, and they are. They are nice, and I cannot wait. So the Pirates was the Kickstarter for pirate-themed Skaven that yeah. was Punga? Yeah, Punga. Punga yeah. yeah, I do have a tendency to mix them and Grebo up, and I, I do get told off by listeners sometimes. I did notice and, that on the podcast, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, whoopsie. But, um, yeah, and uh, I know that Rich did a lot of work with them to promote a couple of their star yes, players and get did, some yeah. feedback on the community. So, yeah, he got his team uh, all ready. And the sculpt, uh, the sculpts, and the casting look brilliant. Yeah, I just can't wait to paint them. I've, I've and, been itching for these. Ah, oh, man! I know that Milton, uh, one of our local players, he's very excited for them to hopefully release the chaos, the the Skaven Blitzers individually. Yeah, he he likes the underworld ones, doesn't he? The ones with yeah, like, the, the drill the faces. Underworld ones. Exactly. He's like, I want a couple of those because they actually do look like the Blood Bowl two guys. Yeah. And yeah. that's uh, that's kind of the real iconic look for Underworld these days is what they've done on Blood Bowl 2. Yeah, the, the mining vibe. Yeah, it works really well. But no, Ben, I, I'm very excited for you to get those models because they look great. Yeah, and 
Yeah, so it's that and Fana dwarves on the way as well. Um, Ooh, the backlog yeah, grows. <laughs> I, I think we've got a while yet before the Fanath guys arrive. Oh, was it? I, I thought it was this year at some point, wasn't it? Or was it next oh, year? Oh yeah, but I, I think we're talking like June. Oh okay. I was, I was, for some reason, I had in my head it'd be like March or April. But oh, let's let's face it. We're going to have at least two games workshop teams by then. Oh, I hope so. Hopefully, anyway. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later because I have to. I've, I've got some questions to ask you about what you're hoping for this year. Yep. Um, as for me, I need to get this sevens team done, and I've got some bits and bobs to paint for YouTube. But that giant, when it turns up, is going to go straight to the top of the queue, so I can muck about, build it, get it painted, and uh, show it off because I'm very excited to see um, that model arrive. Yeah, me too. So that wraps it up for me for games and hobby and things. Is that uh, yep. about right for you too? Yeah, that's, that's all I've done over Christmas. Oh, fantastic. So the first topic we're going to be talking about is Beachhead. Is it Beachhead or is it... Uh... I think it is Beachhead. Yeah, Beachhead Bowl. Great. So we will take a quick break and then we'll get back with some real Blood Bowl topics. Okay, so it's time to talk about our first tournament of the year, Beachhead Bowl. So mentioned at the beginning of the episode and probably every episode now for the last six months um, because it's going to be our biggest and best tournament yet. It's taking place on the 8th of February, Saturday the 8th of February, at the Bournemouth International Centre, which is very cool, and it's a part of the Beachhead 2020 Games Convention. So you come along, you're going to see loads of other stuff going on, and there's going to be a dangerous amount of vendors as well. Yep, I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, should be really good. We've got 20-so coaches booked up at the moment, and um, you know what Blood Bowlers are like. It'll be about two weeks out, and they'll go, ah, oh, tournament, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping that we'll, we'll we'll max out. They've only given us space for 32. You know what? That's way bigger than any tournament we've run so far. So very excited that we could we could hit 32 coaches. That'd be insane. I'd love that. So what we're going to do now is we're just going to talk through the rules pack and talk about what it's about. So it gives you listeners an idea of the tournament, the tournament meta, and then I'd like to talk through at least one um, build using the the team build structure if that's all right yep okay so beachhead bowl it is naf sanctioned and it's part of the swtc so if you are a regular blood bowl tournament player there is a, a tournament series called the southwest tournament championship and um, it links a bunch of naf sanctioned tournaments in the southwest of england and wales and basically the higher you rank the more points you score and at the end of the year the coach who scores the most points wins a trophy and on that, it's also part of the Bonehead, the BPCC, the Bonehead Podcast um, Coach Championship, which we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, really. Earning points. Maybe last episode. Playing yeah, in Bonehead yeah. tournaments. Yeah, and that's it. So you come to our tournaments, you win points, and the player who basically did the best in our tournaments at the end of the year will win a prize, uh, as well, win a trophy, and as will some of the other coaches. So, yeah, go back into episode 31, I think, to, to listen to more about that. But... For now, we're going to be talking about Beachhead Bowl. So, so Beachhead Bowl is set on the Isles of Albion, which is a which is my favourite Warhammer setting. So, back in the days of your Warhammer Fantasy Battle, they had the Old World, which is where Blood Bowl is kind of set. It's where it was inspired by, and um, kind of an alternate dimension. But they had the Isles of Albion, and um, it was basically England. So it's full of mist, full of rain, full of all that stuff, and they had this worldwide. Uh, 
it was I think it was like the first online campaign for Warhammer. So um, armies would fight and they'd log their wins and it kind of drove a narrative campaign across the world. Really, really cool. Really great setting. So here we go. Welcome to Beachhead Bar. The mists protecting the Isles of Albion have parted, and your teams have been recruited to become the Beachhead Bowl champion and decide the fate of the island. It's a three-round Blood Bowl tournament, and the whole premise, and we'll, we'll skip down here and look at the background, is the ancient Isles of Albion are shrouded in mist and myths, where the only things more certain than death and taxes are the reign and the stoicism of the local people. Blood Bowl is a backbone of Albion society, and all who live there steadfastly claim that they invented the game. But all is not well on the Isles. A vast local disagreement between the inhabitants has occurred, throwing the place into controlled, organised, disappointing anarchy. <laughs> the people needed a solution, and they found one. A Blood Bowl tournament. Solves everything. Oh, well, you know, I think that's, that's where Blood Bowl came from. They were solving wars. Yep. Why not? So the two sides of the argument have sent out their agents to tempt the best Blood Bowl teams in the old world to compete, with the winning team sponsor claiming the final decision on local politics for the next year. The Truthsayers landed first, hence the self-declared and entirely politically neutral name, with the Dark Emissaries shortly behind. It is unclear if this title was bestowed upon them by the propaganda of the first agents to read the old world, or if they just have a very bad publicity team. <laughs> on the Beachheads of Albion... A long stretch of clifftops, the pitches await the challengers who must face not only their opponents, but the infamous weather of the lands themselves. Yeah. So that is the quick <laughs> the quick and dirty um, background is that the island has had a disagreement politically with two different parties. They can't figure out what the right thing is to do, so they're going to have a Blood Bowl tournament. So your job as a coach attending Beachhead is to choose a side. There's no political sides. You just have to choose which one benefits you most, which I think is very in keeping with Blood Bowl anyway. Yep, absolutely. So tournament special rule number one, choose your agent. As the head coach of your team, you will have to decide which agent to side with. No one outside the Isles of Albion really understand what exactly is going on or who exactly wants what. So all that really matters to you is the benefits your team's strategy and the chance to win big in Albion. As a free inducement, each team can choose one of the following agents. A Truthsayer or a Dark Emissary. They cost no gold. You can get to choose one of them. If you go with a Truthsayer, at the start of each half, roll 1d6. On a result of four or more, your team receives an additional re-roll for that half. And conversely, the Dark Emissary, at the start of each half, roll 1d6. On a result of four or more, your opponent loses one re-roll for this half. Very simple, but a lot of flavour. I like it. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where we're going with this. So, Ben... Which side would you stand on in that one? Hands down, Truthsayer. And despite me potentially taking Corn and thinking, oh, Corn are Chaos Dark Emissary, I disagree. Corn are honourable. They're uh, righteous. You know, they, they believe Marsh in... It's all martial prowess. Exactly. Martial yeah. pride. None of this go. like dark tricks and stuff like that. No, we're Truthsayers. We say it how it is. <laughs> Plus, having an extra reroll on the Corn team would be great. So... So because these guys are zero gold, it kind of it can kind of allow you to lean on it with your team build a little bit. So if you're gonna go yeah. Truthsayer, maybe you can risk taking one less reroll. Because, you know, instead of taking three rerolls, maybe you take the two and hope that you know, hope that you win big on both, but realistically you can kinda of count on one of those halves, you running three and the other one running two. And hoping your opponent isn't dark emissary. Yeah. 
well that's it <laughs> or yeah. you can run the dark chemistry and you know force them to play a tighter game could be really yeah. cool so maybe you go big and knowing that there's going to be dark emissaries at the event or maybe they do nothing other than just tie into the original theme of albion they might have no effect at all but i think it's quite a cool little freebie you choose your side and what i'm going to do on the day is track the teams find out who's going truth there who's going dark emissary and at the end of each round i'm going to announce how it's going oh, i love it for literally no purpose at all, but we spoke about it when we were talking about team events a good few episodes ago now. And actually, there's a bit of a theme there. And uh, if, you know, we can have a Truthsayers versus Dark Emissaries overarching thing, could be really cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good idea. I'm a big fan. Big up Truthsayers. <laughs> yeah, go team Truthsayer. Um, so the next tournament special rule is they have Fen Beasts. They have a Fen Beast. The... The deal with this is that Truth Says and Dark Emissaries in the Warhammer Albion campaign campaign could take Fen Beasts, which are for all intents and purposes trolls made up of basically magically enchanted swamp uh, swamp trolls. Mm. So any team can take one, and it's 150k. So this is a star player. So you can take one at 150,000, movement 3, strength 6, agility 1, armor 9, Loner, Foul Appearance, Mighty Blow, Really Stupid, and Regenerate. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Taking one of these. So, compared to most star players, this guy is massively undercosted. Yeah. But, slow moving, really stupid. You know, it's basically what it does is it allows you to take a piece for 150k that you can put on the line that will survive. You can either just you know, soak up some hits. I don't know. It should free up some of those other teams that struggle on the line, but also it's thematic. And what a great opportunity to do some modeling. Yeah. I've already got a model for this. Oh, what, what, what are you running? Uh, I think it's a, it's a Reaper model. I think it's uh, like a troll hag. I think oh, he's cool. called troll King, uh, Reaper troll King, it's Reaper bones. And, uh, yeah, I've been looking for a good use for it. Oh, that's, see, that's great. It. It's very like swamp trolley. Oh, I've seen... Yeah, that's a great model. That's a great model. Um, I've got the original Fenbeast, um, and it's 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 a beautiful model. It's very classic, very iconic. So let me give you the quick lowdown on Fenbeasts. Fenbeasts are elemental creatures native to Albion that are summoned by Truthsayers and Dark Emissaries to do their bidding. They are roughly humanoid-shaped hulks composed of the souls and bones of the creatures that were drowned in the fens and swamps, as well as the mud the wet wood and rotting plants of the swamp itself. A small ogham stone is embedded in the centre of their body and holds the amorphous mass together. Fenbeasts are completely mindless, do not feel fear or pain, and are extremely strong. This makes them ideal Blood Bowl players. All muscle, no brains. No. Elves are ideal Blood Bowl players. <laughs> so the next thing... <laughs> the stumbled next over thing, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next thing is an entire Fenbeast team. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no. Actually, that's actually, that that's on Fumble. That's on Fumble. Um, is there a Fen Beast team? There's there's a couple of Albion teams, and in one of them you can take several Fen Beasts. So I'm like, yeah, which I think oh. is where I I think I ripped the rules for this from there. They're probably um, not 150k though, are they? Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm, I I don't expect to see too many, but I think it's a great little option there, um, just to add that Albion flavour and kind of sneak a whole bunch of different team builds in. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing how many people would bring the Fen Beast. I reckon, is Joe Solo coming? 
He'll probably have like an actual tree or something. <laughs> he is coming. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. he is coming. I don't think yeah, he can make it to Bonehead Bowl this year, please. I think he's coming to Beachhead. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we would like you to submit your roster by Saturday, the 31st of January. So, I know, Ben, you're planning on leaving it to the last minute to decide what teams take, but get your get your roster in. Choose on the Saturday, the 31st. Get your roster to me. That yeah. way, it gives me a week to print off all the packs and make sure that everything's all set, ready for the tournament. Nah, sounds good. As you know me, I like to make sure things are prepped for the, for the players so that it can be as stress-free as any kind of tournament can be. Yeah, um, and all the previous ones have gone so smoothly. So if you are coming, yeah, definitely do get them in, in by then. Nice and early, so we can get it all printed off. So trophies and awards. There's a lot of awards and trophies at this event, and they are custom-made trophies by Whitefoot3D. Hopefully, we can get some spoilers up of those when they arrive. Uh, we've got the Beachhead Bowl champion, the first place uh, tournament points. We've got the fan favorite trophy, the most fan favorite votes, sportsmanship basically. Got the best team trophy. That's the most best team votes. Now that will be voted by the coaches at the event. So um, it, the best team doesn't necessarily mean to be the best painted. It could be the best theme, the best base. I don't know. Just what coaches think. That is my choice for the tournament. Uh, the participation trophy. Basically, the wooden spoon. Love the it. stunt. Yeah, it's got to be there. The stunty cup. Most tournament points by a stunty team. And then we've also got some minor awards to give away. We've got highest scoring team, most violent team. The Spike Air Award, most completions recorded. The RG White Sack Award, most sacks recorded. And the Dirty Player Award, most fouls recorded. There's also the Run Game Award, uh, which is the most touchdowns conceded. And the Chocolate Armor Award for most casualties suffered. So there's plenty there to go for. If you're planning on going and murdering people, you can do that. If you're planning on just throwing the ball around, you can probably win the Spike Air Award. Yeah, I can't wait to... Come, come home to my girlfriend and say I won the most sacks. <laughs> <laughs> RG no questions White, there. The, the RG White Award. Yeah. So normally we don't track things like completions. We don't normally track fouls or uh, certainly not sacks. But at a big event where there's lots going on, it just seemed like too good of an opportunity. And that's why the rule actually says recorded. Because if you forget them, that's fine. These things happen. But what to track? So you have the little track cards that we do for all of our tournaments. Track your touchdowns. Track your casualties. All casualties caused to your opponent's team during your turn count. This includes blocks, fouls, crowd surfing, secret weapons, being hit by thrown players, etc. The idea being is that every tournament is like, is this foul a casualty? Is it not a casualty? I've surfed that guy. I forgot to mark it down. There's six guys in the casualty box, but I think I only scored three. Nope. You know what? You take a guy out, you casualty him, you get a point. Go yeah. to town. Go to town. I love this rule. Fouling is a big part of the game and... Rewarding it, it should be encouraged. And you know what? It simplifies it. And um, if a all-snotting team can surf a bunch of guys and cause casualties, they deserve those casualty points. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> completions. Track your completions if you're going to go for the spike air reward. Sacks. So a sack is scored each time during your turn an opposing player loses control of the ball. This includes being pushed off the pitch, blocked, using strip ball, being placed prone by being hit by a thrown player etc basically if during your turn they've got the ball and you knock it out of their hands you get a sack yeah that's an interesting one you don't see that often no i mean i'm a huge nfl fan so it's kind of a, a trial by fire to see if there's an extra extra way to reward it and, and fouls regardless of the outcome you record a foul if you make a foul yeah so we'll talk through the scoring very, very quickly. It's going to use the same scoring we used for all of our tournaments last year with one minor tweak. Uh, so 
30 points for a win, 10 points for a draw, no points for a loss. Sorry, guys. Um, plus one for each touchdown and casualty scored, up to three per game. So if you go absolutely to town and casualty of the whole entire team, you still only get three points. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is an additional point earned if you do not concede any touchdowns, so the perfect defense bonus point. Um, basically what that means is you score as many points by winning 1-0 as you do 2-1. So it kind of helps the the Kemri teams, the Dwarf teams, that would struggle to keep up on a scoring points element. Actually, winning 1-0 gets you those points. And... Um, you know, even a, a draw, a zero zero, you still get that extra point. Yeah, that's really nice. Nice little banter. Yeah. Just, a, just a, a little bit of a tweak there to throw it out. <clears throat> uh, fan favorite and best team will both be voting ones. And what are we looking at here? So that's all the minutia of the day. Uh, registration starts at nine. The show doesn't open till ten. So once you've registered, you get to mooch around the show and maybe make a couple of purchases. First match is at ten thirty, so there's plenty of time. Um, we're going for about two hours per match, and lunch is going to be an hour. So if your first game ever runs, you can runs into your lunchtime a bit. Shouldn't be an issue. We, we've normally wrapped up with two hours, um, and match two and match three are two and a quarter to make sure you've got enough time to play those games 100% properly with awards at six thirty. Yep. And then the most exciting thing about any tournament, for me anyway, is the builds. Okay, so team construction. Here we go. This is it. This is the nuts and bolts. So it uses the, the standard teams. You can take Slan, you can take Bretonians, you can take Corn, Ben. It's okay. Yeah, that's what you tell me I can't. Then. <laughs> <laughs> playing guys at playing guys the Yeah, that's it. Uh, star players. So all star players listed in the NAF team list are allowed. All star players listed in any death zone or spike uh, released before 2020 are allowed as well. So if Games Workshop sneak in a uh, spike magazine in the next few weeks, I'm afraid it won't be eligible. That's just because we need to make sure that everything's lined up and all the stats are available. Uh, the Fenbeast tournament star player may be taken. And a team must have 11 rostered star players before taking star players. And a team can only have two star players. So that's all very, very normal. Mm-hmm. And the build. So it's 1.1 million gold pieces, uh, which you can use to buy your team. Each team is allowed to spend up to an additional amount on player upgrades, depending on the team's tier. So you get 1,100,000 to spend on players, rerolls, inducements. There is no inducement step. So the NAF's ruling on the disposable skill having no effect to tournaments is accurate for this tournament, basically. The disposable skill doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see that change or adjust over time, but because these rules were out before that, um, we're not going to adjust them, which I think is probably fine. I think because, that's fair. Yeah, Ogres get a ton of stuff they can take anyway. Um, so here we go. Tier 1, Amazon Bretonians, Chaos Dwarf, Dark Elf Dwarf... Lizardman, Norse, Orcs, Skaven, Undead, and Wood Elf get up to 100,000 gold pieces worth of upgrades. Tier 2, Chaos, Chaos Renegades, Elf, High Elf, Human, Kemri, Corn, uh, Necromantic, Nurgle, Slan, Underworld, and Vampire all get 150,000. And your stunty teams, Goblin, Halfling, and Ogres get 200 gold pieces. So, basically, you spend that upgrading your players kind of like in a league. So, 20k for a normal skill. 30k for a double you can have stats as well this is the exciting thing. Mm. this is what i'm excited to see our team lists come in um, the special ruling is that players receiving a stat increase cannot receive any other additional player upgrades 
but otherwise there's no limit to the number of skills a player can receive so you can put strength for 50k you can put agility for 40k you can put movement or armor for 30k but if you do that that player can't get any other skills so basically you can have a movement 10 gutter runner but he can't have sprint as well yeah, so it gives you lots of lots of, so much build options. So if you're going to run Wood Elves, you get 100k to spend on stuff. You can take two strength four war dancers, but those are the only upgrades you're getting. Well, and, uh, I think I think it's good because a strength four war dancer is massive. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's, it's nice to have the option, but yeah, still have it massively limiting because 50k is. is yeah, like, I don't think we're going to see a huge amount of that. I don't I think, think so. I think maybe a cheeky star upgrade in tier two and definitely some stat upgrades in tier 3 but hey if that just means that goblins and ogres and halflings players have even more fun then yeah. um, you know what I'm very much on board with that. I think we might see some movement on maybe tree men if they, if they arrive. And... Yeah movement on tree men I think is going to be big and uh, cheeky agility up on a doom diver um, Ooh, but that's, that's, that. well, I was going to say that's me that's me spoiling my list idea <clears throat> um, so inducements uh, inducements may be purchased during the team creation including 0-2 star players but this excludes special play cards unlimited mercenaries and infamous coaching staff so you can't take the coaching staff all other inducements from Blood Bowl 2016 Almanacs, Death Zones, Spike Magazines can be chosen as per the rules if released prior to 2020 inducements may only be taken from these resources if you have them present at the tournament otherwise they will have no effect so if you're going to choose something from a Spike or a Death Zone bring it along so that you can read the rules together as players if there's any questions um, inducements brought this way are considered a permanent part of the team and can be used each game and opposing teams can have the same star player because Wizards did it <laughs> which i think is probably right so that's the build order for the teams i think 1100 keeps it tight but you do get some skills to play with what do you reckon ben yeah um i, I think i think it's a good amount i think look at this as a corn player i think one thing i will definitely take is mighty blow on the bloodthirster that's a, standard because i don't think he comes with that uh no he think he gets claw he gets and then, claw. Yeah. Exactly. So for 20k, so that still leaves you with 130 left. So that's another yeah. six, another six skills basically. I don't think I need. Up. I don't think I need any setups in them. I don't think there's anywhere where it'll be really crucial. I mean, edge four might be quite nice on someone, but they, my team's going to be bashy. I think I'm just going to be smashing, and strength is too pricey. Strength is said. strength is pricey, but it is really tempting, isn't it? Strength four herald or something. Well, one thing I did think of was I was looking at uh, looking at all the teams, looking at all the players, and I was thinking, right, I even put a post out on social media, so everybody who joined in and helped me sort of work through this, brilliant, thank you so much, there were so many opinions. Dwarf Troll Slayers, boosting them up to strength four, basically mm. it gives you perma, <laughs> perma guard, <laughs> it gives you guard for days. You know, because you you've got dwarves, you can put them in positions to cancel out other people's tackle zones, and then that frenzy, you can just go on a little tunneling mission, like you're playing Minecraft with the skulls of your enemies, <laughs> and just tunnel through them with strength four frenzy block as well. Um, I, you know, I think that's a good option. Obviously, the the best option is your wood elf um, war dancer, uh, but I uh, well, I was very excited at the prospect of having a strength four war dancer. Everyone did remind me that strength, uh, that agility five war dancer is even better because you're only failing those leaps on a one at that point. That is true. Yeah. Um, but again, they don't get to take strip ball or tackle or frenzy. 
So it, it's a kind of cool balance. I was really happy with that, and I'm happy with some of the brews that I've seen people come up with already. So, yeah. Plus also, if you're considering strength, you could maybe consider the Fen Beast as your strength. That's you know? it. For 150k of your team value, you can take that big bruiser and put him on the line. So, you know, for a little bit more than a tree man, he's basically a tree man. He's just basically a stupid tree man. Yeah. With slightly slightly better movement. There's one other rule in the tournament pack that we kind of skipped over, and that is the Beachhead Bowl kickoff table. So the Isles of Albion are renowned for their dismal weather, and playing on the Beachhead cliff tops really doesn't help matters. Beachhead Bowl uses the normal kickoff table, with the exception that seven, changing weather, is replaced by the following. Staggering winds. Both coaches both coaches, not coaches, not a word. Both coaches roll 1d8 on the scatter chart. All players on the pitch are moved one square in that direction rolled. Basically, uh, as, the, as is the ball's expected landing point, this movement happens simultaneously so no two players will inhabit the same square at any point. Players that would be forced off the sideline count as being pushed into the crowd. This may take players into the opponent's half and then roll again on the weather table. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting... Sewer Bowl 7's vibes from this one. That is exactly right, Ben. So, uh, for those of you that saw the Sewer Bowl rules pack from last year, which was our seventh tournament, or just listened to the podcast where we talked about it, we'll know that we had uh, on seven was a result of flush floods. So, you rolled a D8 and everyone got moved that square away. You're playing on cliff tops in Albion. So, can you imagine playing on the cliff tops of Dover in England? Yeah, if you've ever been to the south coast of England, it, exactly. winds are pretty, pretty rough pretty blustery but i thought it would be a quite an interesting way of uh, making those setups kind of risky yeah um it, i mean it really is in Bowl, i i think i played amazons and one of my blitzes just went into the injury box on the first <laughs> turn because they got blown off the side of the pitch that's it don't yeah. don't put them on the side of the pitch so and also you've got to watch out for pushes because you can get pushed into the side of the pitch as well so there's even that well yeah you get yeah you roll, yeah. you, but you're both rolling a D8, everybody's moving. It can make your field longer, it can make your field shorter, it can chuck you off the sideline, it can push you up against the sideline. It, it should be a really, I'm hoping again, thematic, like, oh, it's the winds, where does yeah. everyone end up? One big shuffle over, okay, that's quite brutal. So I think we're going to see, hopefully, we're going to see coaches um, pay attention to that and probably play a bit of a tighter game into the centre. Um, I will remind people on the first round that this is a rule and that they, they don't put you guys on the sidelines if you don't want to risk them being exactly. knocked off by the wind. Or um, one square away from the sidelines so you can't be served. Well, yeah, Again. yeah. Hey, it's it's 2d8, so even if you put them one, one square away... there's That's 2d8. Uh, yeah, you both roll the d8 and everyone both goes in both directions. Oh, okay. I missed that part. I thought it was each. No, no, no. So there wow. is also the chance of... Um, you know, you rolling a one, two, three, and the other player rolling a six, seven, eight, and you end up maybe moving left one square or right one square. Mm-hmm. And it, so, it, I'm hoping that it will either be really extreme occasionally, or it'll kind of be balanced out by both dice. Yeah, because there's. I mean, here. I'm excited. It should be really interesting. I've done a couple of play tests, and it's um, yeah, it it can statistically, it doesn't throw the game out that much. But every now and again, you know, that one in 64, you're going to get double squared in one direction and it will it will change up that drive significantly. <laughs> yeah. Definitely so miss the line of scrimmage at the very least. 
Well, yeah, that's it. And you know what? Uh, taking that moving 10 gutter runner might not be the worst thing in the world if you roll fortuitously on the winds and you get blown towards the opponent's end zone. Boom. Very you true. get your one-turn touchdown. So it could be really interesting. So hopefully the coaches attending will pay attention to that when they build their teams because frenzy might be better. Frenzy might that. be better now. No, exactly. That's why I assumed you were taking corn. I thought you were going to be like, ah, I'm going to absolutely take opportunities to just surf the heck out of people who get blown to the edge. Um you know, we've all been walking on Hengistbury Head or something and seen a bunch of <laughs> bunch of annoying people standing by the edge and just be like, Whew, that wind, you've got to be careful there. Which is a werewolf at this point, you know. Just... <laughs> yeah, all frenzy all day. So yeah. those are, that's the rule pack for Beachhead Bowl. I'm really excited to see um, what everyone takes and what the lists are going to be. I'm hoping that we can get a bit of theme in the go with the emissaries, uh, you know, the, the dark emissaries versus the truth sayers, and you know, uh, it should be it should be should be really good fun. I'm excited for the builds because I think there's some great ones out there. And uh, talking of great builds and things, I do have an example build. Well, I say an example build. I've spent uh, not a small amount of time at work today. <laughs> your, bo- your managers don't listen, do they? Or your bosses don't listen? Uh, uh, well, I hope not. And, yeah. uh, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, I'm pretty sure my branch manager doesn't even know what Blood Bowl is. So it's fine. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> right, here we go. So uh, I have got an example team, which is the Goblin team. So I thought having 200k's worth of player upgrades could be great fun. So working with the group chat, this is my example build for Beachhead. We got a troll. We got a fanatic. We got a loony. We got a doom diver. We've got a loading screen. Come on, internet. You can do it. <laughs> um, so we've got a bomber and we've got one, two, three, four, five, six goblins with two rerolls, three bribes, and Ripper as well. So we're taking Ripper. So we've got the two trolls. One of them is Ripper. At 1100, you get quite a lot for goblins. Not everything you want, but you still get quite a lot. So you went for you went. You, sorry, you did go for Ripper in the end. Hey, you guys talked me into it. I had I was defenseless um, because yeah, like you said, him not having uh, really stupid or really hungry. Yeah, it with when you have an edge for Doom Diver. You know. Oh, spoilers, Ben. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you said it before. <laughs> I did. Hey, it's so important. So, with goblins, they're tier 3. You get 200k to spend on player upgrades. And obviously, the first thing I went for was 40k on getting that Doom Diver, Adge 4. So, that's plus 1 to your landings. That's He's dodging everywhere on a 2+, plus because he's a stunty. The downside of this is that if you take a strength upgrade, you take a stat upgrade, you don't get to take any other skills. So he doesn't have dodge, but he's got edge four. So should be okay. You get plus one to land. Should be right. You've got Ripper. Ripper can throw. No, no. It's basically, it's basically two plus. That goblin's in the air. You roll three direction dice, and then he's landing on a two plus, I think. And you should be able to pull off a pretty reliable throw teammate, which is basically an oxymoron, I reckon. Ah, no, I did it loads in Bonehead Bowl. (laughs) Successfully is a different story, but yeah. Yeah. So, got three three bribes, because we've got the Looney, Fanatic, and the Bomber. Okay, so this team's going to run out of players real quick, but it's going to have a heck of a time getting there. So, the Bomber's picked up Hail Mary for 30k of our special skills, and the Looney's picked up Dodge for 20k to protect itself. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then I've got two interesting choices here. So the Goblin Troll, he's got block. That's pretty standard, you know, uh, strength. Uh, big guys with block are always really, really good. Because we dropped the rerolls down to two from three, I've put leader on the troll. Yeah, interesting pick. Well, think about it. You get your third reroll, and of all the players, an armor nine, strength five, regenerating piece is unlikely, or at least um, as 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 likely as any other player on the team to stay and get to stay in the game. Yeah, and you'll be using that leader reroll pretty quickly, I imagine. Yeah, use it first. If anything does happen to the troll, then you know you've you've lost it. But you know that's what I would go for. And then the rest of my budget was spent on the fanatic. So the fanatic had the I was tempted to give plus one move. So I was like, you know what, four movement fanatic, that's great fun. That's that's four, you know, ball and chain attacks. Then I thought, what might be a but he doesn't come with mighty blow. You kind of want him to have mighty blow. So chucked mighty blow on the goblin fanatic as well as sure feet. Mm -hmm. So. Well, now he's now he's basically movement five, a movement five fanatic, who's strength seven, but he comes with mighty blow as well. You know, this 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 team is going to be on the line, and then just throwing bombs with hail mary pass. You've got the chainsaw that you can run in. You've got trolls you can knock them down. You've got a fanatic that's going to be blitzing around the place, probably having a terrible time. This this is going to be a really fun first five turns. So, do, that's interesting. Do fanatics have strength access? Yeah, that's all they come with. Oh, I didn't know that. Did not know that. Yeah, so uh, the first upgrade for Fnatic is normally Mighty Blow. because That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's the star player comes with it. Um, that's why he's so good. It's because he's movement four and Mighty Blow. But he's got Loner. This guy doesn't have Loner. We've got three re-rolls. You know, we'll take the truth say aside, and every now and again we'll have an extra re-roll. And um, we can just go to town. We've got three bribes. It could just be carnage. And you've got a really fun goblin team there that can pull off a couple of cheeky teammates and stay in the game. Yeah, absolutely. So that was my that was my brew for Beachhead. I thought I'd go for something different other than the Wood Elf build. Um and I thought that could be that could be a really fun one because I think tier three there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, the two hundred K for skills is it's generous. Skills and upgrades, it's just its just an opportunity to have a good time and, and create some danger. So, uh, I know you've not quite decided on your team yet. Have you got any ideas for yeah. Bruce? Um, yeah, so I, I mentioned it before. I think um, Mighty Blow on the on the, on the Thurster. I considered putting Block on on the, on the Thurster, but he has Juggernaut. So, I mean... If he's, if he's blitzing... Yeah. That's the trouble with corn. Is everyone wants to blitz? You have <laughs> five, like six guys with horns and frenzy. I think, and I think that's juggernaut. pretty thematic. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Everyone's everyone's trying to be the one. Um, I, have, I haven't really had a thing. I, what I need to do is speak to Sam because he ran corn in the Fabourable Cup, and he hey. had good experience. But I won't take his build. <laughs> did he not win Tombstone with corn as well? Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, let's not forget that one because that was uh, that was an impressive beat. Yeah, he won Tombstone and then uh, by two oneing, I think, and he went two and uh, two one. I think at Fobble Wobble Cup as well. Maybe, maybe even yeah, nearly three would but lost the last round. Yeah, I need some coaching from him. I think I, that's one <laughs> thing I definitely want. I try and squeeze kick somewhere because I love kick. It's my favourite skill. Um, it's it's fantastic. It kick is kick is great and. You know, although you've got the wins to contest with, it, it will lead to some interesting setups. 
and you know you drop that kick real close with the corn team and you can get up in the grill the bloodthirster blitzes in you get on that ball it's real tough yeah exactly um leader probably like you say it's a cheap re-roll leader's a good way to free up your team value now 1.1 million is not a great amount you, you know you shouldn't be getting everything you want in all the builds um but you should be able to get enough to have a good time with yeah Okay, yeah. groovy, 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 groovy. That wraps up everything I wanted to talk about, Beachhead. Ben, final thoughts. How do you reckon the day is going to go? Oh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be really fun. Um, doesn't matter if the weather's crap. You know, it's England. It's going to fit with the Albion theme. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it does look like it's raining between now and then as well. So, <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be on point. I'm not sure which room of the Bic we're going to be in. I went to see uh, Jack Whitehall there this week. And, oh, was it um, at the Bic? It was at the Bic, and I was sat there thinking. Are we going to be on the stage here announcing <laughs> announcing the casualty award for, for for Beachhead Ball? Because that would just be a highlight of my life. <laughs> it's like, that's right, Jack Whitehall was here three weeks ago, and now I'm here announcing that this man here fouled more than anyone else. <laughs> that's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? I hope so. Oh, well, yeah. I think Jack Whitehall would approve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Right, that wraps up our coverage of Beachhead Bowl. What we'll do is we'll go, we'll have a tournament, and then we'll report back to you afterwards um, and let you know how it got on. But uh, in the meantime, we will move on to our next topic. It's the start of a new year. 2019 is done, and the Blood Bowl delights of 2020 are ahead of us. However, um, Ian Warhanam Hannam regular guests of the show joked that we should do the bonies the awards the bonies i know (laughs) we're not exactly going to call this the bonies but actually it it did prompt us to think we should probably recap some of the best things from 2019 in blood bowl that we think about and that you know we we get some feedback from the community about so what we're going to talk through here is just a few bits and what our best takes were for different things from 2019 and then most importantly what we want for 2020. Yep. Can't wait. So, yeah. So, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook, you'll see that we posted up uh, a couple of polls just to get some, some some feedback from the community of what you thought some of the best moments were for different things. So, the first one is the best whole team that came out in 2019. And when I say came out, I mean, was either released or set on pre-order or was successfully kickstarted in 2019 so the pirates the fanath dwarfs they haven't landed yet but they came out in 2019 and i think they count as being some of the top highlights so we'll start with the community and then ben you and i will talk about what we like the best sound good yeah okay so first things first best whole team loads of people got involved with this and ogres from games workshop pipped to the top spot uh, with the lizardmen very 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 close behind and then halflings not too far behind that as well i'm not really surprised to be fair those teams are solid i'm not surprised interesting i think that's the release order in reverse from games workshop okay so they got progressively better or is it just because the (laughs) hype is still you know maybe i mean hey it wouldn't surprise me if the ogre hype didn't carry these guys to the end yeah Uh, except for the fact that the models are actually genuinely fantastic yeah that is true that said i haven't seen too many aos conversions just yet Mm. i think it's just a matter of time yeah 
and forty k and forty k ones to be used as ogrins. Uh, That's a really good shout. Yeah, I've not seen anything yet. So if you're listening out there and you've seen some stuff, share it because that just seems like too good of an opportunity and like i mentioned at the beginning of the episode i am desperately looking for a reason to get another ogre team um i don't, I don't need it at all at all at all um but i want one you know yeah <laughs> so a couple of other ones uh, the grebo lizards came in after that and uh, there are a couple of other t- the ping kings got mentioned which is the uh is it grebo or punga that do the cutimals that's grebo yeah grebo do the little tiny ones Tiff still wants one of those teams, so uh, <laughs> genuinely, it's quite cool. She was like, "We should get one of these." And I was like, "I think this is a trap." Um, and with Star Wars coming out, I was Admiral Akbar into safety, so I didn't go for that one. But it's just a, <laughs> it's just a matter of time. So Ben, hit me up. What was your top pick for the whole team in 2019? Uh, we mentioned it before, but it's got to be the Pirates. Um, I haven't actually picked up any GW teams of 2019 yet. Have you so, not? Uh, no, I actually haven't. Wow, um, well done. I mean, to be fair, you've picked up plenty of other Blood Bowl teams. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I like being a bit of a snowflake, I think, and having my third parties. But yeah, it's it, it's just, well, as soon as this Kickstarter came on, I remember you, you linked it, and I'm just like, oh, I have to get that. I love Pirates as a theme. I love Skaven. Um, and when you smash them together with models that good, yeah, I had to back it, and they're just so good. The Kickstarter itself was phenomenally successful as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was a really reasonable price as well. It was reasonable like, price. The early bird was like really cheap and yeah. yeah, reasonable price, great quality sculpts. Especially now we've seen some of them. Actually, the resin casting is superb as well. I mean, we're talking Windsor Chog level, um, yeah. which for a mass product is very, very, very impressive. So yeah. Ben, I think Pirates is an absolutely superb choice, and I think it came one, two, three, four, fifth on the community vote after the Grebo Lizards, Halflings, uh, Lizardmen, and Ogres from Games Workshop. And I kind of mirrored what the community said. Ogres first. I mean, I know I'm riding the Ogre hype train, but, you know, it's the Bonehead podcast. If I'm not going to get behind anything... That's a very good point. You know, it's it's what we do. Um, and the halflings had to come second for me because I, I picked up two. I built my chaos halfling team. The kit is so much fun. You know, I've got one pure halfling team and I've got the chaos one with some head swaps. And the models are just, they're just really, really, really good. Um, and then my other pick was the Fanath dwarf team. So I'm real excited for this one to land this year uh, so we, we you know it was successfully kickstarted in 2019 the models are great the size looks great uh, i'm so excited to get that team but because they haven't landed they, they didn't take the top place for me but hey definitely worth a mention as some of the best models i've seen designed in 2019 yeah proper classic doors i'm looking forward to them too yeah i'm hoping that um i can get uh, i can get them all painted up and run some kind of dungeon ball because it just seems too too appropriate to have yeah. those i'm just having a quick look on the kickstarter website now because we've been talking and i can't remember when they're planning on landing and it is gonna be i feel like it's june drum roll yeah june june that's still june. reasonable that's pretty quick for a, kick, a kickstarter like oh gosh up. it is i've still got kickstarters i'm still waiting to get <laughs> updates for yep yep yeah. it's a um, trap in fact, there was an update from 17 days ago. We continue with the estimated delivery date of June. So you know what? I'm happy with that because what will happen between now and then is I'll probably forget about them. And in June, I'll get a parcel and I'll be like, oh, this is weird. And it will just be full of fan goodness. 
<laughs> cool. So uh, let's have a look at the next bit of feedback we got from the community, which was the best star player or big guy, basically, accessory. Uh, the okay. winner surprised me on this one, but you, you announce. Right? Tell me about it. So <laughs> there were some great, great models that came out this year. But the community chose the Forge World female ogres as the best big guy accessory that came out. Pretty overwhelmingly chose that. <laughs> Had more than double the votes of any other suggestion. Yeah. It's crazy. I think they're great. I think they're great. And I think it might have got the meme vote. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. They're well executed. I think they, yeah. uh, they I think they definitely achieved what they were planning to achieve by making those models. Um, we had some other great ones up there as well. The Forge World Deep Root, which despite being £40 and 40,000 pieces, is a huge model. I mean, uh, local player Rick from our groups built his, and it's huge. Mm. I mean, not as big as the Lord of the Rings Ent or probably the Windsor Chalk Giant, but it is, it's well on the way. It's a big old model. Um, the Grebo Burning Tree Man got quite a lot of votes as well. That is um, fantastic. And then one of my favourites, Zizzles the Mighty, the Windsor Chog Ogre. Just yeah. one of my favourite models that I painted this year and bought this year. And I've how many prizes of that? I've used it for like three or four different prizes. Uh, Mike from Instagram, hopefully they'll be back in stock soon and you'll get yours, which I can't wait for you to see that. Local, you know, friend of the podcast, Ian, he's painted an incredible. Oh, it's so good. I, it's I so kind of hate him. Yeah. I've, I've known him for 27 years and he's just. Oh, I'm starting to regret that friendship uh, <laughs> <laughs> because of how good he's, he's painted that team brilliantly. And Zizzles, his version of Zizzles is just insanely well painted. Um, and yeah, so, right, Ben, you hit me up. Your favourite model from 2019. See, it's really tough. I think. See, I, I, I wanted to also say the Windsor Choga, but I did have to go with. Surprise, surprise, the Bloodthirster from Grubo Games. Or the big guy from their Bloodshed team. Honestly, uh, man, that model's it's so awesome. so good. I, I've, I've halfway through putting it together. I will be honest, it's not the best model to put together. Their is it, is team, it metal? It is. So yeah. their team is metal, which are really good. Okay, like, all the linemen, the demons, once you sprayed them, you don't know they're metal. They just look like resin. They're incredibly well detailed and it's the same with the bloodthirster i imagine haven't sprayed him yet but it's just the bigger the models get when they're metal the more space there is for you know dodgy shaping with the fittings and it's going to require quite a few pins and green stuff to put this thing together so bear that in mind if you are picking it up but it's well worth it because this guy is perfect i can't fault it i think that's that's the most important thing about why this is a kind of separate um I say award a separate bony from the other stuff is because these models are projects. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The other is a team, but you know, your big guys, your individuals, your star players, your accessories, those are projects. You buy those because they're cool, they're different, and it's okay to spend the time, you know, grafting something together when it's gonna be a one off that that's really, really cool. Is it is it the king of the pit, that guy? Yes, that is the one. He's got no. wings that kind of tuck. So it's all designed to be in Blood Bowl. He doesn't take up loads. He doesn't have a massive footprint. He's on a 40 mil, but okay. his wings sort of tuck in. His tail tucks in. Yet it still looks really intimidating and threatening. The pose with the open hand and the fist is just... 
yeah. it is it is seriously a wonderful model. I can't wait to see yours painted. I think you're going to yeah. do a superb job of that. Uh, I've not got long to do it, so you'll see it soon. <laughs> or alternatively, you know, it just you know uh, use contrast paint and it'll paint itself. I don't have any. I don't have any contrast paint yet. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure contrast paints put Duncan from Warhammer TV out of business. So, uh, <laughs> you know, poor Duncan. Yeah. He's been shuffled tooth off. Tooth and coats the, for so long. And, yeah, tooth yeah. and coats. Now he's shuffled off to the world of uh, historical wargaming. Uh, <laughs> so that's the Grebo Bloodthirster for you. Zizzles the Mighty, the Windsor Trog Ogre for me, and the Forge World Female Ogres for the community. So uh, we've just got a couple of little ones here to touch on now. So, Ben, best pitch of 2019. Uh, well, see, you you have stolen my favourite pitch, but I will I will start my favourite. If we're talking Games Workshop pictures, I think the Ogre pitch is fantastic. Um, I really love the sort of campfire thing they have in the middle on the <laughs> yeah. dry side. Yeah, yeah, it's just I think it's just done really well. I'm I'm not sure why I like it so much more than others. I I do love all the Games Workshop pitches. Don't get me wrong, but. This one is just, yeah, I just really liked it. The, the Games Workshop pitches have been really good this year. Um, they've they've gone a bit three-dimensional with them, and I, I talked through that one, I think, on the podcast or on the unboxing, one of the two. So the Wood Elf one had the trees and the, the stone plinth that was raised, and then yeah. the Ogre one has the, the big moor teeth, um, which is a bit, it looks a bit disjointed when you're playing on a pitch that, and then your mm. guys are running over these things that are raised. Um, that's the only downside. The details, this colouring, the way the squares are marked out, which is super important. Beautifully, yeah. beautifully, beautifully done. Um, so my <laughs> my pitch selection was the Bonehead Podcast 7s pitch. Yeah, that, that uh, would be my actual pick. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Jack from Maelstrom Games hooked us up a treat. He hooked me up uh, with Tiff and rushed us a couple back in May so that I could play uh, in Tenerife bubble sevens with her which was awesome but then uh, made a, a bigger run of the sevens pitch adjusted so with some more up-to-date rules and you know they're available on a web store at the moment and they're, they're they're great i love them i'm so happy with them and um you know that for me was the highlight but if i was going to choose a picture that i didn't help build it's the lizard pitch for me yeah the ogre pitch is great the wood elf pitch is great the halfling pitch is funny but the lizard pitch there's a reason it's sold out and is now only available on the black markets for £200 and a kidney, I think was the last time oh, I saw sure. Well, Probably I know, right? Um, you know, we ordered three for our local group and we only got one. Really? And yeah, yeah. It was. Um, uh, Rick had to find another oh, one. He and did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was tough. But it's because both sides look really good. It's really clear, it's really bright, it's really clean and it's absolutely full of theme. Really impressed with that one. So that would uh, that would be my pitch of the year. Yeah. And our next one is the best spike magazine. So pretty specific, but Ben, I'm sure you've had a look and heard and played attention to all the spike magazines this year. Which was your favourite? Oh, I'll be the ogres. We recorded those episodes together, and going through that was just really fun. I think they just filled it with all loads of stuff I like in Blood Bowl. You know, wacky rules, snotlings. Yeah, the they giants. went. They went big with the ogre one. Yeah. You know, they brought they, uh, they changed the game up. They opened the team up. They brought some new rules in. They met. They they, they really really knocked it out of the park. And I love yeah. this thing that you put in the show notes here. 
What, the Snotling Team teaser? Yeah, that's such a yeah. great pickup. Absolutely. I, I can't wait for the Snotling Team. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, um, can't wait. I'm assuming, I don't know why I'm assuming this, I've got this feeling, they're going to say that you can just run more than 11 players on a pitch with Snotlings. Hmm. That's what I reckon they'll go with. And I think that will absolutely cause carnage in the Blood Bowl community. But I think that's what they'll do. I think that would be fair. I think that would be quite interesting. I don't think it would be terrible either. I, I think, you know, like uh, in Age of Sigmar, you've got the Nurglings that are kind of multiple on one base. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if you didn't see that with Snotlings. But what, they've seen the two Snotlings in one square? Like a bunch of Snotlings, like a little mini mob or swarm or something. It could be, could be really interesting. But that's yeah. complete conjecture. Uh, for me, oh, I was a tough one, man, because they were all really good. Yeah. In 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 reverse order for me, Wood Elves first. Okay. What I loved about the Wood Elves is that they introduced non Wood Elf players. So they had the that spite, the stabby spite that you probably never run, but it was cool. And they brought the Zote back, so they're bringing some different races in. That was really cool to see. Like that part. Great weather charts in there as well. Um, lizards had the jungle league that was brilliant to see the different oh that was uh the halflings had the new stars so there's some great star players there for halflings it was good how they opened up the positionals as well and the stunty league rules for like a a league set in stunties and i I think that's you and something you and i talked about wasn't it uh yeah theme theme leagues a few episodes ago yes yes that definitely was uh and then ogres giants it's just giants man giants wins it for me so you and i are synced up on this um, great year, but Giants for the win. Yeah. Um, apparently the Bonehead podcast loves Giants even more than Ogres. Who knew? <laughs> Bigger they still got Bonehead, better. right? <laughs> hey, well, that's it. Yeah, well, they do, yeah. You're exactly yeah. right. Uh, so, uh, best Bonehead tournament is the next one to think. So, Ben, what was your pick for the year? Uh, for me, it was Tombstone. Tombstone tournament. Um, what, what was it about Tombstone that, you, that, that put it above the rest? It was really tough. It was really tough. I... I think I enjoyed this one most because of how different it was. I think so. a lot of people really embraced playing with the secret teams and it's just an experience you wouldn't get easily at other tournaments. So I know that you have like the Stunty Cup and things like that, but to play secret, like fumble secret teams on the tabletop was just really fun. I really enjoyed that and I had such a fun hobby project with that as well. Man, I loved Tombstone. It was great. Some of the teams were fantastic. The modelling opportunities, the the fact that there is a different meta, because you've got these unknown quantities coming in. Like, who knew that the Nurgling team was going to be so blooming good? Yeah. Uh, and we got to see some great teams. You, you know, the Ethereal team from Milton, your Ware team, you know, the Chaos Halfling teams. That sit there. All the teams were brilliant, and it was such a great day. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Haven't finalised the rules pack for Tombstone next year, but I don't think it's going to be much different. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, but for me, oh, man, it was tough. I love Tombstone. That was such good fun. Uh, Sewer Bowl 7s. I'm a huge 7s fan, and that was that was a tight day. That was a good day. Some good games. That was. Loads of games. But Bonehead Bowl, the OG. Um, our first proper tournament. But mixed teams, man. Hundreds yeah. of different teams to be taken. All the star players, all the mixes, all the build options, man. I, you know me, I love spreadsheets, I love maths, I love numbers. <laughs> you know, a day in the head of Ben is like that scene from uh, The Da Vinci Code where he's seeing all the stuff. <laughs> I thought. Like that's, someone mentions 
what if Blood Bowl could do this? I'm go full Tom Hanks, um, <laughs> you know, walking into things because uh, I'm seeing all these different combinations. I'm like, yeah, Dark Elves with Gutter Runners and Roxana. This is great, you know. And Bonehead Bowl was the first time we saw that. And you know, the things you love from Tombstone were there as well. I believe you took part, you know. Yes. What if yeah. I could run as many trolls as I could? Um, yep. You know, we have a one chap. You run. lose every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, who knew? But it was cool to see the different builds. And the rules pack for Bonehead Bowl is already out. It's taking place on the 30th of May this year at Entoyment again. Great place. Um, mm. And we tweaked the rules this time that actually benefit mixed teams a little bit more now. You get a bit yeah. of a, a fame bonus and you don't have to pay the tax on rerolls. So we should That's see good. more mixed teams. And hey, I'm sat here painting my mix sevens team and our pro mix teams. It's just great. And Bonehead was great. The story we saw, the meta, the creativity uh, of all the coaches was there. And it's something that I'm absolutely, absolutely loving. Um, I am excited for for this year's tournaments. Yeah, and especially the people doing Hangover Bowl. They've got no excuse now. They should all have painted mixed teams ready That's to go. It. Just yeah, throw in not, a couple more players. And... Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't really have a mixed team. Like, all you need is five more players and you're good to go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Okie dokie. So, um, episode of the podcast. What was your favourite episode of the year? Or highlight, we highlight. I think we were unanimous with this one. Um, it was number 27 with the Lizardmen review with Ian and Lewis. That was so good. That was such a good episode. It was such good fun. And um, it was nice to have Lewis impart some wisdom. So Lewis joined us for the Undead episode uh, where he talked about how not to win with the Undead team. Yep. Uh, and then he came on with a vengeance with Lizards and it was great fun. Um, I really enjoyed making that episode as well. We filmed it, filmed it for YouTube. It wasn't perfectly done, but it was really enjoyable. A really good laugh. And um, I think it's one of our most popular episodes from a download point of view of the year as well. I'm not surprised. It, it was, you guys play off each other. Well, you've known each other for a long time, haven't you? Oh, so very you long kind time. Of, you could see that. Ah, it was good fun. Yeah. It was really good fun. Um, I know you and I were talking earlier that actually we want to do another three-person one soon. And um, I think a very similar format would be awesome. Uh, Get Lewis on of how to win with, el- uh, with elves, undead. Hey, Said well, how he, not to win with undead before. Oh, he's, he's knocking out the park. I'm not sure he's lost a game since. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Clearly didn't take his advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's learned something else. Maybe he listened to a different podcast, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and I put here, then Giants again, because that giant, the yeah. giant competition, the giant episode of the giant competition for Giants was giant. I loved reading all of those. Oh, it was insane. I've yeah. so, I've got so much modelling like brewing <laughs> in the back of my mind. Every time you guys are in the 40k thread, you're talking about like um, the killer cans and things for orcs. Or the the big mech knob things that yeah. he is working on. I'm like, I wonder. I wonder if Ian's, giant. I wonder if Ian's going to have a spare one going that I can use. And I don't need it. Don't need it. I've got many giants <laughs> on the go. But you know, it was a great episode. It was great to see that. And um, we're definitely going to be running a competition again soon because just so much fun. Uh, right. So that wraps up the top highlights for 2019, which takes us on to 2020. So, Ben. Over to you now, man. What do you want out of Blood Bowl in 2020? Okay, I'll kick us off. I'll start um, just from Games Workshop point of view. Um, something I thought maybe would be nice and where Games Workshop might progress is upgrade packs. So it's a bit out there, but think of teams like Kemri and Necromantic who you could pretty much use an undead team box 
with a couple of upgrade packs. So like what they do for Forge World, but for plastic. So you just throw in a few positionals, maybe some head swaps. Oh, like an expansion Like an upgrade pack. sprue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit cheaper, but you can just tack it on. Because the Necromantic team is just sort of an undead with wells and flesh golems, really, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, Games Workshop's knocking it out of the park with their Underworld uh, teams. Underworld teams, amazing. <laughs> underworld Warbands at the moment, where they're yeah. like £18 or something for half a dozen models. Exactly. And it saves you having to do that difficult decision where, oh, do I buy a Forge World upgrade pack or a team box? It'd just be nice if they had a plastic expansion, which is not the... For- you don't get a full team box again with all the same models. You get a little, a few extras just in a, just a little bit more affordable package. Well, they do that for some of their other systems, don't they? I think with a lot, exactly. lot, of, the, lot of the Space Marine stuff, they do chapter specific. I've bought upgrade. so many Death Watch upgrades. <laughs> that does not surprise me. Um, yeah. No, I think that's an absolutely superb pick, and that would be something I'd be very excited for. Um, and it would be a really clever way of them selling more of their core teams as well. Yeah. No, I think it will. Uh, and you know we saw them do the bright crusaders the human one upgrade with different bits um for their actual models and their orc one as well they're the only two i think that were out but there's were they plastic no they were forge world resin Mm. what i mean is that that that's something that they've done uh, yeah it could be it could be a really good way of sneaking extra sales for the core teams um while minimizing actually how they have to produce um, yeah, could be could be really really clever. Uh, so my first point is more teams, more blood bowl because more blood bowl is more better. So looking at what's what's left for Games Workshop to produce teams wise, I'm really excited for high elves and vampires. Um, yeah, I don't I'm, blame you. I'm a high elf player of old from Warhammer. There's just something about the white, blue, and silver uh, <laughs> that just and the you know just it just feels right to me. Um, so I'm excited for that team. The team itself, um, I think I do prefer Elf Union. But <sighs> nah, blasphemy. <laughs> but I think I think Games Workshop will find a way to maybe tweak that team a little bit, add a bit more spice to I it. I think they'd give them something. I, I don't know what. But... I don't know what either. I don't know what. Either. I've just got a feeling that they're they're flexing their muscles. With each release, new things keep happening, and they're stretching the boundaries, which can terrify some of the conservatives but something you know what this is the game now change is yeah. happening the world is changing and and i think you know what it's a game let's just run with it and enjoy it uh, and vampires because i really cannot wait to see what they do with them and how they go and how they do it um, so they've been giving the uh teams like thinking like ogres and stuff and uh lizard men the teams with few positionals they've been giving them a bit extra so you could see an extra positional that's it will you get a fancy extra vampire will you see a different vampire Uh, but eve i'm just excited to see the style they go for yeah Um, that is true because we haven't seen vampires in forever we haven't seen vampires in forever exactly so yeah that's something i'm looking forward to um anything else on your list ben yeah um blood bowl three cyanide blood bowl three well, I've yeah, heard we, these rumours dancing around. We don't know when that's coming out, or even if it's going to happen. Um, well, it's pretty certain that it's going to happen, but well, or they plan to have it happen. I mean, you know, yeah, that's how the but, software world works. Uh, yeah, it's just I, I, I like Blood Bowl too. I don't actually, admittedly play it that often, but I like watching it. Um, and and yeah, it's you know it's starting to look a little bit dated. Um, games advance quite quickly. Something you know pretty stunning for Blood Bowl 3 could could be really nice. But the trouble is with that, 
is do they then release Blood Bowl 3 and it's only got like six teams in and everyone carries on playing Blood Bowl 2 anyway because then they can play the you know, goblins and stuff. Yeah, but that's that, that again is how games work now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll, be a, it'll be a slow brew. No, BB3, that's a great pick. I, I'd be very excited for it to land this year and hopefully my PC would be able to run it. That's the only downside. Yeah, that is. Uh, so next on my list of things that I would really quite like in 2020 is, you know what, um, becoming NAF president would be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it would be awesome. I really don't think I'm going to win. I think that the no, community... No, don't have that. I, I, think... I don't know. I'm just being realistic about this. There's some tough competition. Um, Guy Xo has done a great job the last couple of years. Sean's a great guy. So I'm sure whatever the outcome is, it will be really good. But if it gives me an opportunity to help grow the community and in some way just build and build and build and make this... Because you've been to a few tournaments, Ben, and you've yeah. been a part of the podcast now for a while. You've seen the engagement and the excitement and the love of the game. And if I can help grow that, make more people see that, make more people enjoy that, and just actually there's so much Blood Bowl going on that the cleaner and the easier to get into we can make it, the quicker this game will run. Because the great thing about Blood Bowl is it's a low buy-in, but the depth is huge. You've got almost as much depth as any other game. And, you know, AOS and 40K... Games Workshop's most popular games. There is no reason we can't trick all of those 40k <laughs> players, all of those AOS players, into picking up and playing some Blood Bowl. And you know, before you know it, this game could be as big as it deserves to be. Um, and, that's a good uh, slogan. It's, it's it's true, man. That's that's what I genuinely yeah. believe. So yes, uh, I'm, whether it happens or not, I don't know. But if it does happen, great. If it doesn't, I'm still going to carry on pushing to grow the community. Um, to be as big as it deserves it to be. Vote for Ben on January 12th. <laughs> the 12th is when the Q&As go live and the ah. voting uh, for NAF members starts on the 19th. 19th. There you yeah. go. So it's tense. It's tense. Um, right, if Ben. NAF any... members and fans of the podcast, just support Ben. I don't mind who you vote for, but vote because you want to and vote for who you think you want the NAF to be yeah, driven absolutely. by. At the end of the day, yeah. Yeah, uh, um, Ben. Sorry. Any more for you? Yes, um, I am waiting for the Kickstarters to arrive. <laughs> that is what I'm hoping for in 2020 to get my hands on some ratty pirates and some classic dwarves. Yeah, you backed Fanath as well, didn't you? I did. Yes, I'm not sure why, but yeah. <laughs> why, why, why? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I will second that motion, my friend. I am very excited for the Fanath dwarves to arrive. Um, uh, and you know what really simple one for me we've got four, at least four great Blood Bowl tournaments that we're running this year we've got Beachhead February the 8th we've got Bonehead Bowl the mixed team tournament on the 30th of May we've got a Sevens tournament Sewer Bowl Sevens 2 on the 8th of August and we've got Tombstone 2 on, on actual Halloween this year so we've got at least four individual great tournaments I'm just excited to, to play them. I'm excited to play them. I'm excited to grow them. I'm excited to see the meta and just, oh, I don't know, make make it great. Uh, so really simple one for me is I cannot wait to start the tournament ball rolling this year um, because I, I loved everything we did last year and hopefully we'll be better at it this time round. And just more players, more Blood Bowl, more better. Very happy. Yeah. Happy Ben. <laughs> Um, any more for you? 
I think that's it. I just just I want to get up to date with my hobby. Um, and yeah, just like you say, play a lot of games um, and see where the NAF goes because I think that could be interesting too. It's going to be a very big couple of years for Blood Bowl. Um, but my last little one is Games Workshop. Okay, The last couple of spikes, we've seen them drop star players out. They've dropped them right out to, like, none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, and I'm going to put this prediction out there right now, Games Workshop, probably not this year, but the year after, are going to land a Star Players expansion, um, which is going to be a book with Star Players and some Star Players that are going to come out that could work in multiple teams, and I think that's the direction they're going to go. Um, Do you reckon it, they'd have a... a- uh, some models go with it like as in like a model pack it would not surprise me if they didn't do uh something kind of annoying um like a 30 pound box of two star players <laughs> for two different teams like an all done it before human. yeah and that's it yeah i i think i think we'll see that but my my, my actual pick or at least my thing i'm excited for 2020 is more blooming star players I don't mind if you chuck it in a book and make them separate. I don't mind if you just keep creating new ones as the spikes, but we need more than six. Yeah. Per team. Um, yeah, we do. The great thing about the NAF is that all the legacy um, star players from the CRP era are all still available to TOs. So at all of our tournaments, we are going to continue having the CRP stars for as long as we can, basically, because it's it's a great way of sneaking different builds on and yeah there are some that are being replaced now um but until we get a good variety of builds so until we get more star players i think it's important to keep those old ones in there but i've loved all the star players that games workshop have created so far yeah they're they're all interesting strong characters but yeah options are good yeah they're not the best rules wise not the best rules wise uh but the 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 thought behind them and the, the difference really really love it Really love it, and yeah, that um, that my little pipe dream of Dungeon Ball box set being released, that that wraps it up for me for what I'd <laughs> like to see in twenty twenty. Because any time that that lands, oh, goodbye money. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that one. That one is a stretch, but it know, is a stretch. A dream. It is, uh, but if not, you know what? We'll just play some Dungeon Ball anyway. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. So, uh, everybody out there listening, let us know what your highlights of 2019 were and let us know what you're excited for or what your predictions are for 2020 because it's a big year for blood bowl i can feel it i can feel it in my block dice that's uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh let's move on i think <laughs> all right it's star player time and today we're going to be talking about Asperon Thorn, who is available for the Dark Elf team. So after talking through some options for a Dark Elf team, piloted by uh, Ian, um, now a member of Wobble, but actually a really cool guy uh, who came along to a couple of our tournaments and listened to the podcast for a while. Um, he was taking on Richard's uh, Monsoon, his Renegade team, and he was talking on the Discord channel about what inducements he could take. So we're looking through the Dark Elf players... And uh, we ended up considering whether Asperon Thorn is better option than a wizard. So, let's talk it through. First things first, Asperon Thorn, Dark Elf, 160,000 gold pieces. Movement 6, Strength 3, Agility 4, Armor 8. So, he is 
exactly a Dark Elf lineman at that point. Yeah. But the skills, this is where it gets interesting. Um, Hail Mary pass, kickoff return, loner, pass, safe throw, and sure hands. Uh, before we move on, this guy can be taken by Dark Elves, Elven Union, and High Elf, which is confusing. I'm sure there's yeah. a story there. Um, but I think it's quite good because I think because of the utility, it's quite useful for those things. So, straight off the bat, what stands out for this guy? Um, well, just that he's a really good thrower. So, like, I, I don't, I'm not an experienced Dark Elf coach or anything. I've barely played I haven't played them. Um but they miss a throw. They're missing a thrower, really, aren't they? They've got their runners, which have dump off, but they don't really have a dedicated thrower, do they? There are no throwers, no. Yeah. But I think I think you've hit the nail on the head, and it's not in the throwing; it's in the role of the thrower as the quarterback in in Blood Bowl. Yeah. And that skill right there, sure hands, is the best reason to take this guy. Yeah. Okay, he's got loner. But if you're taking sure hands, you get that pickup reroll. So he picks up the ball. You know, Ben, we've talked about this many times before. What's the downside of running a uh, of running a star player in a league? Uh, the cost. Well, the cost, but the SPPs. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. So you you know you take skid a stamp stamp, uh, you take your Roxana, and you end up scoring with them. You're robbing your team's development. All you're going to get is uh, maybe a win and maybe some money in a league you want to be progressing your players and to do that you want them to score having a star player with sure hands basically it finds a way to make the rest of your team do better so lewd grip is a great example of this you take lewd grip and he enables your team to do team things they score they casualty this player looks after the ball and gets it there so Asperon thorn having sure hands brilliant Having sure hands and tying it in with kickoff return yeah. means that you can you can position your team on the line up, getting ready to go, and then you've got this chap in the backfield who can move three squares anywhere he likes before then picking up the ball on a two plus with an integral reroll. Okay, that 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 frees up your team to be in a position to score where you can get those blitzes, get those SPPs, get the touchdown, get those SPPs. But yeah, like you said, he's a thrower. He's got pass. He's got safe throw. Yeah, so he's a high up thrower. That's it. He's a weird hybrid. Um, he's clearly from Nagaroth. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, so you, you're a you're a safe throw kind of guy. Yeah, I my thrower, my high up team is hands down my star player. He is just so good. Safe throw is really underrated. The fact you only fumble on a one is. Well, that's huge in yeah, itself absolutely. and a really underlooked part of the rule isn't it yeah normally you are oh, safe throw yeah if they get an interception i get a three plus ward save from it that's pretty cool but no 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 you you, <laughs> you mob him with guys he may make an inaccurate pass but he's only dropping it on a one yeah and you know what pass means you get to re-roll that and when you have hail mary pass as well and that's it yeah you get a get out of jail free card so you know if you do develop your players to have diving catch it's great it's an interesting tactic but you get in a pickle, he's two plus picking it up, and then he can just hoon it out of the way. Mm-hmm. As a kind of a check down skill, I don't think Hail Mary Pass is even needed. No, it's I not. think even without Hail Mary Pass, you've got 160k. A, a, a lineman mercenary for Dark Elves is 100. 
Yeah, it's for, you know, for 60k more, you get pass, sure hands, kickoff return, and safe throw. What this guy does is he gives you half a turn extra every time you receive the ball. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very big. I mean, I think you and I may have talked through this. There's a a, a high elf player, uh, Soren Hightower. Oh yeah, we did. We spoke about that on episode. Yeah, I think it's very similar with this guy. Is that he enables your team to still get the SPP. It frees up your players to do that. You lose a lineman to the bench. A lineman's not going to do anything anyway. Whereas this guy picks up the ball, receives it. You, you get the ball started. And he can he can help you win games. But he will help your team grow as opposed to just win you that game. Yeah. And going back to the first point, I think I probably would take him over a wizard. But I like bodies. Uh, so. There's <laughs> the corn player again. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And and that is it. And that was what we were talking through on our Discord, um, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. Very active. Um, Whip Wednesdays, check-in Tuesdays, and just Blood Bowl all day long. Really good. If you're into your hobby, Blood Bowl, whatever, come join us. Um, Rich, uh, previously on the podcast, basically runs it, does a superb job. And, yeah, so Asperon Thorn versus Wizard. Wizard wants a game, you get an opportunity to destroy their cage. This guy just makes you so much more effective when you receive the ball, and you're going to receive the ball, you know, at least once a game, maybe twice, especially if you're running Dark Elves or Elf Union. So that's for Dark Elves, right? If you've got yeah. Elf Union or High Elves who actually have catchers, yeah, he, very good point. He is he is better than your normal thrower for your team. He will rob that thrower of SPPs from the little cheeky quick completion, but it will upgrade your passing game. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm a big fan of this one. Um, pretty sure this is a new edition coming out of um, the the Dark Elf Spike because I don't think he's on the CRP. Right. Okay. Yeah, but I haven't yeah. seen him before. No, I'm a fan of Asperon Thorn. I think that's quite cool for tournaments. Um, I think we spoke about yeah. I think when we spoke about spoke about Soren Hightower, we did talk about tournaments as well, didn't we, Ben? Uh, yeah, it was quite a while ago though. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yeah, but you got that set piece. Um, element where you can take a thrower I mean how much is a high off thrower is it 70 90 90 like I think he is yeah okay 90 there you go so for 70k more in a league uh, not in a league in a tournament setting so for example beachhead do you take a thrower and a reroll or do you just uh, take Asperon Thorn instead and yes he's a star player with loner but when you pass he gets a reroll when you pick up the ball he gets a reroll but on top of that he comes with kickoff return and safe throw and Hail Mary so you know, for 20k, you get a whole bunch more, and could be a really important set piece. Yeah, and I, I know you kind of you kind of just said it, but when star players like this have this role with all their inbuilt rerolls, Lona doesn't really matter. It's a it's a cheat, isn't it? Yeah, he's not really going to be doing anything he can't already reroll. I mean, dodging away, maybe, maybe. Um, but if he's a quarterback and at the right behind, you might. That's it. If you're yeah. in trouble, if you're in trouble, you're in trouble anyway. And you may as well say throw it out instead of trying to dodge. Oh yeah, it's, it's basically the same. Yeah, um, except you're not going to die. Yeah. And yeah, it, you might have to do a block, and that's always the downside of a star player is if you do need to go for that block, the piece is disadvantaged in that you you're not likely to get to use your reroll. Yeah. But that's not what this guy does. This guy is in the backfield he picks up the ball he gives it to whoever you want to have the ball and you're an elf player so they're getting that on a two plus they're catching it on a two plus especially if you go pro elves or elf union you know 
nerves of steel. Your catches are just getting it on two plus. So this guy's Hail Mary passing it down the pitch. He's using pass, safe throw to get it there. He's rolling pretty decent with re-rolls integral, and they're getting it as well. So, yeah, I think cheap star player, cheap utility star player, useful for leagues, and definitely worth considering in your low-budget tournaments. Yeah. Um, if you get a full whack, though, Swift wins all day long. <laughs> it just comes with the best thrower, the best thrower in the game, um, who comes with a free blitzer. I've never seen them be used. It's because they're so blimmin' expensive. They're yeah. 300 and something, 390 or something. You don't get that with elves. Uh, no, you don't get that with elves. And uh, it's, a, it's a tough one, even at uh, tournaments. So there was the Elf Olympic Games, which I think was a 1400 build. I built a list for the YouTube channel with the Swift Twins, and it was the Swift Twins and barely any elves. Yeah, <laughs> can imagine. But, um, you know, we, we're at Wobble, our local club, where we've got the Major League now. And, you know, a fresh elf team might be down several hundred, like three or four hundred, and they might be able to take the Swift Twins. And I think a pro elf team with the Swift Twins is going to win games. Mm. Um, but if you're, you're not quite that flush, Asper on Thorn would probably get the job done for you. <laughs> right, cool. I'm done advertising Asper on Thorn now. But yeah, yeah just to <laughs> let you know that uh, some uh, some proceeds do go to me. Uh, and Ben, if you hire Asper on Thorn... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> support the show uh, <laughs> yeah. no, cool uh, that does wrap it up for today I think unless you've got anything else we need to talk through Ben no I think that's good alright groovy well I just want to say thank you all very much for listening and for taking part and supporting the show mentioned it very briefly earlier we do have a Patreon planning on doing big things with it this year um, planning on doing monthly competitions um, the idea is that uh, we just appreciate the community supporting and any support comes in and just helps us do more whether it's better equipment so hopefully you're noticing the audio is better this time around uh, we just want to make the best product we can um, and yeah if you want to support us then please do if not thank you so much for listening and for being involved and you will see at least one competition coming soon if and, and you know come along to beachhead come along to beachhead yes great day. please do Okie dokie. Ben, thank you so much for joining us for seven hours worth of bubble. That's today. right. Thanks for having me as always. That's cool. I'm glad I got some paint on my models. Um, oh, I barely made any progress on mine, but yeah. That's what I painted the blue I painted the blue on seven out of eight, which is a bit awkward. That's pretty that's uh, still a good guy. Yeah, it's it's a start, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, cool. Um thanks everyone for listening and we will see you in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs>